I really, 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 really hate myself. You know, you can feel so unbelievably lost and horrible and like you're nothing and you're invisible and for no reason at all, which is almost worse than having a reason. It's the way that my brain works and it's like, you know, Billy, what's wrong? I don't fucking know. Like me, that's what, and it's like, who hurt you? I'm like, Galbert here. Um, what what's the fucking date today, you guys? It's December eleventh, two thousand eighteen. I'm like twenty days clean. Thank you, thank you. Um, dude, what what a fucking day, dude. What a fucking last couple few days. So, um. Fuck, let's just get into it, you guys. Uh, I'm just gonna oh, get comfy real quick. Uh, um, fuck. So, last night, you know, I'm chilling at my room in my house, just fucking around on the internet, and uh, a friend of mine, uh, who will remain nameless, who is, like, one of my best friends, uh... He is in um, a residential treatment center, or was, and he had messaged me on Facebook last night saying that he got kicked out, and um, and uh, he was like having thoughts about using and um, this and that, and he was you know getting ready to turn himself into jail. And, you know, I messaged him back and I was like, you know, call my phone, you know, even though my cell phone shut up, shut off, I got a landline, like, you know, or fucking Facebook call me, what the fuck or something, you know, you don't really need a phone to get a hold of people nowadays. So I was like, dude, just fucking, or, or come over, like, you're always welcome over. This is one of my best friends, you know, I, I trust him like a lot more than I trust a lot of other people. And, um, you know. I respect him a lot more than a lot of other people because he's, because of, you know, a lot of reasons. Anyway, um, and he never got back to me last night. And then, you know, I was up super late. I was trying to record an intro for this and I was up fucking late and it, it some parts were okay. Some parts sounded like shit. And, uh, you know, I crash out like 4 a.m. <laughs> and, um. And I wake up at like 9 a.m. to like a knock at the door and I like come in and who is it but his friend mentioned before. Uh, he had gotten back into town and um, he was getting ready to you know handle his shit and he was, you know, I could tell he was having anxiety and, you know, um, he was just not feeling good and... Um, you know, I had a long talk with him and, 
you know, I said a lot of shit to him, but basically, uh, one of the most important things I said to him, cause he was kind of like, you know, I fucked up my life again, you know, and he's getting really hard on himself. And, um, I was like, look, I was like, you know, sometimes someone's life, it, it has to take 10 years of bullshit for them to get to that one life changing year, you know? Um, and, and then once you get to that life changing year, you'll look back at those 10 years of bullshit and actually be kind of thankful for them shaping you into the person you are today, because what are we, but, you know, our perception and our opinions of, of everything around us are, are for the most part based on our life experiences, you know, um, and how we bounce back or how we perceive or how we react to things that happen in our life are kind of what determined, you know, the decisions we make that affect our life and shape our reality around us in the future, you know, which I've just now kind of, I've always kind of knew, but I've just now kind of realized with more of a kind of epiphanous nature, you know, um, and I feel like, yeah, it did take 10 or even 10 plus years of, of, of pain and misery and suffering. And so, you know, good times too, but you know, there's a lot of fucking dark, bad times too. And those times led to where I'm at now, where I feel like I'm finally getting that life changing year. You know, I, I kind of feel like for the first time in my life, something finally clicked in me and, um, I finally actually wanted recovery. I don't know. It's kind of weird, dude. Um, and you know, everyone's path is a little different, but they kind of all lead to the same direction. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I talked him out of his relapse and he thanked me and he's like, yeah, I feel a lot better. Thank you. And you know, he, he went and turned himself into jail today and he's in jail right now. And I'm feeling kind of shitty about it. Not like it, you know, I just feel, I just feel bad for my friend, you know? And, and you know, like this, this is the thing I, I guess I want to say is like, you know, okay, great. You know, he made a mistake and I get that. And he's got to, you know, um, face the repercussions of his mistake. And he, he is owning up to facing his repercussions for the mistake he made. But where are the repercussions for the people running the residential treatment center he was in that allowed dope to be not only be smuggled into their fucking treatment center oh but um also uh somehow whoever had smuggled in uh didn't get found out didn't get drug tested uh, or somehow got uh fooled them uh over on his their tests i guess and 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 gotten half of the fucking house there to to go out and relapse right so where were the people whose job was to operate that treatment center? Where, where were they at when this was going on? Because from what he was telling me, uh, he had actually known that this was going on and turned down every offer to get high for like, uh, like four, four days or so. And then on the fifth day, when his roommate comes into his fucking room high and loaded uh, off his ass he finally can't fucking take it anymore and he relapses, but, oh, but I mean, yeah, that it, that's his fault, but that's not also the fault or that responsibility doesn't also at least partially lie onto the hands of the fucking treatment center. He was like, like registered under like, what the fuck? 
like I'm just kind of angry right now, you guys. And like, it, it it's kind of like, you know, astounding to me that, you know, that not only did the, all this happen, but it was under like for days and days and days, this went going untreated, untaken care of under the noses of the people whose job it is to, uh, you know, um, provide a safe environment for people who are early in their recovery, who are just came out of their addiction, who it, it, like, um, you know, need to be shielded from certain aspects of the outside of society. Like that, you know, like what the fuck? Like, it, like I put myself in the people, the shoes of the people who had relapsed in the house. Dude, if I was in that residential treatment center at like this point in my life, day 20 clean, and someone was bringing dope around my fucking bed, like bedroom. I can't, I couldn't say with a hundred percent certainty that I would say no a hundred percent of the time, you know, maybe after four or five days of saying no over and over and over, I might've, I might crack too, dude. I'm a fucking addict, dude. I can't fucking tell you with a hundred percent certainty. I'm going to stay clean for the rest of my life. I want to, I'm trying to, can I tell you that I am cured? No, I will never be fucking cured. I will live with fucking this demon inside of me and on my back for the rest of my fucking life. Now, the size of the demon is up to me, you know, and every fucking clean day I get, it gets a little smaller. Not, you know, maybe not noticeably for, like in a day's perspective, but, you know, maybe once I get a year under my belt, that demon will be a lot smaller. You'll still be there, though. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> The fuck, I swear, like, the United States of America is so fucked when it comes to, like, all these different things. And I'm just fucking mad because, like, I mean, at the very least, like, he he may not have to do his, ma like, entire max out. And the probation officer is working with him and, and recommended to the judge, you know, um, something that is more fair. Because, at the because come on, man, like, yeah, it's partly his fault. He relapsed. I get it. What about the fucking treatment center, though? Are they going to get a fucking a, a finger shake, a finger wag at them? Like, you better not do that again. What the fuck, dude? These are people's lives at stake. You know, like, it, 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 like what the fuck? People, like, could get so, so much self-hatred inside of them for the fact that they relapsed under your supervision. They could go out and fucking just go on the run or get just be like say fuck off to my life and then get strung out and then overdose and die. And it's like, dude, we need to be more like forgiving of relapse in society. There's such a negative social stigma against relapse. Like, fuck dude. Like, yeah, we make mistakes too. You're not, you're not fucking Superman over there. You make mistakes in different ways. Okay. So like, what the fuck we make mistakes in our way. You make mistakes in your way. Like I just like Pete, the fuck dude. Like, like fucking normies who aren't afflicted get so frustrated with their family members and they don't understand why they don't just stop using drugs. Dude, if it were that fucking easy for us to do like you were doing, then we would have done it already. We're fucking afflicted. You're not like, do, do you not understand? Like our brains work differently. So it's probably almost impossible for you to fully comprehend what it's like to live in our shoes. Like what the fuck? I don't fucking get this shit. Like I I'm so sick of fucking people pretending like they know what it is like to be an addict. Like, you know, like, and, and to make suggestions to us, 
like, oh, well, why don't you do this? I mean, I'll try it, but you know, unless you've kind of lived somewhat of a similar life style that I did, I really don't have a lot of confidence uh, that your methods are going to work. Like, you don't know what it's like to live with my mental state, my emotional state. I don't pretend what, to know what it's like to be you. Why are you pretending to know what it's like to be me? Whatever, dude. That's just my two cents on it, dude. And I just had to get that off my chest because it's fucking stupid. And um, I'm kind of fucking like... I mean, I'm not like, oh, I'm so offended by it. I'm just like, that's your, you're fucking ignorant and arrogant. And um, your, your fucking IQ level is, is kind of showing right now with the things you say about people you don't relate to at all. You know, like some people. Like I see people post these memes, these anti-addict memes. <laughs> I mean, I can't help but laugh at them because it's like, dude, I don't even try to engage in conversations with people who, who are stuck, who, who are, are, aren't going to at least attempt to try and look at something in a different perspective. I already attempted to look at things from their perspective. I can understand, you know, addicts can be fucking annoying and they can do some fucked up shit. Addicts have done some fucked up shit to me. I get it. It's fucked and you're frustrated out there because your loved ones or your family members or someone you're close to has an addiction problem and you just are so fucking frustrated and you just don't understand why they don't get help or just don't, you know, like I get that. I get, I can't full, and I, I can't say that I fully understand because I don't know what it's like to be someone who's not afflicted. All I can do is like kind of like shine light and a glimpse onto my life and what it's like to live like me, you know, I mean, I'm not taking it personally that you feel that way. Cause I'm, I, it's a waste of my fucking time, you know, like I, I've been so, I've been happier than I've ever been in my entire life. You know, I love doing what I do. I love where my life's at, even though my life's not where I ultimately wanted to be forever. Like I see momentum building to a direction where I want to go and that makes me happy. So I, I can give a fuck less people, what people think of me. Um, uh, unless like, if like if I like like if unless my content they enjoy and they it helps them like find something positive you know and maybe um, consider you know some of the, the substances they're using may not be the healthiest for them and um, at least consider you know a life where they can be happy without having feeling the need to use those substances, you know, cause I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think I could be happy without like having some kind of fucking substance in my system and being under the influence of something. I didn't think I would be able to find that happiness. And somehow I something clicked in me. I can't fucking explain it, but it, it finally happened. And I think that that moment happens to everybody. Like it clicks and they're like, Oh yeah, what the fuck am I doing? Like I can, I like, and I don't know if that's, quote unquote, finding my higher power. Cause I'm really not subscribed to any organized religion. I'm kind of an agnostic and I believe in something bigger than myself, but I, I, uh, conceptualize that, you know, I'm, um, still too primitive enough to fully con like, per like perceive or conceptualize what exactly that is. You know, I, I know I'm too like much of a peon in this, like I'm too much of a, a microscopic speck in the universe and I'm just like, you know, our brains are just 
in in at in adept to being able to understand like the bigger picture. Like, I mean, we can only uh, we we I understand I can only understand so much, and I'm limited on my senses. So, like, I I believe in something, I have faith in something, but I'm you know, if I die and it's nothing, and the atheists were like, oh, you uh, we're right all along, then I'd be like, oh fuck me, like I guess I was wrong. I'm willing to accept that, but. You know, I'm willing to accept that my my faith or in whatever it is that I have faith in or my beliefs in whatever I believe in, they could be wrong. But at least I'm willing to admit they could be wrong and am willing to listen to someone try to explain it to me and try to like convince me of otherwise. You know, like, whereas people who fucking are like making fun of addicts for saying they have a disease, it's like, okay, well, first of all, so let's say someone's 15 years clean, hasn't fucking had a drop of alcohol or any drugs for 15 years, but they recognize themselves as addicts and, and recognize having themselves as having an adiz of a disease of addiction, right? Okay. Uh, so they you're telling me they're weak because they think addiction's a disease. Go fuck yourself. Addicts are the fucking, some of the strongest, if not the most strongest people I've ever fucking encountered in my life. So you know, some of the, if not the most, like, go, go uh, people can, I mean, I'm still friends with people who have different, like, opinions than me, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who's like, oh, you voted for who, oh, I'm deleting, like, do you, whatever, like, unless you're saying some really hateful shit towards a group of people, then I, and then I'm like, eh, kind of have to <laughs> take a, take some distance, for, take two steps back from that person, but like, uh, like, I don't care, dude. I, like, I, I'm willing to agree to disagree. Like, I don't judge people if they, like, dude, yeah, you were probably raised under, in a life with experiences that were much different than mine, in an upbringing that was much different my, than mine, and that caused you to believe in different things than me. I don't, that's cool. I accept you for that. Like, but you're, that this, that's difference, is the people who are making fun of addicts in some of these memes, usually, you're not accepting them for who they are. So you're fucking pieces of shit. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I say that with love. When I tell these people to go fuck themselves, I say it with love. I say it with frustration, but I say it with love, ladies and gentlemen. Because like, I don't want people to think like I'm going to be like fucking like grinding my teeth thinking about this. I was like, dude, I, I don't, that's a waste of my time. I, I, I find it fascinating and I like talking about it. And I might get a little heated in the moment, but... I don't take it. I'm trying not to take it personally. Like whatever, dude, like I try to let it roll off my shoulders. Cause I, 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 the times I have tried to engage, um, in, in, um, like a communication or engaged, uh, discussion on those topics with people. It, it, my, my take back from it was they were pretty much made up their own mind, dude. Like, even if I had fucking gone, done, done all the research and showed them fucking scientific studies and whatever, medical data, they would still tell me, whatever, dude, that's fucking big pharma scam. And, you know, I don't like big pharma either. You know, I kind of like, but, uh, but, you know, I've kind of accepted that some things big pharma do help people, but they also do a, sh a bunch of shitty things and corrupt things too. They're fucking multi-billion dollar industry. I mean, like, you think if I had billions of dollars right now, where this early in my fucking recovery, I'd be able to handle that very well? Probably not, my friends. <laughs>
I just became a millionaire, even a million, dude, if I, dude, the, you guys want to know something? The first time I had money, had any money, it was like 40 bucks. That's, uh, that was like, and two, two, two twenties in my hand. It almost took me out. <laughs> like when I was going, after I'd gone through detox, I'd finally managed to muster enough energy to like hustle some money together to try and pay these fucking bills that are piling up around me. Um, and, uh, first thought was like, I could get 20 black and 20 clear goofball all night. And then, you know, I'll be broke and I'll fucking dry out. Oh, and even if I did dry out, like it's going to be that much harder to turn down the next fucking 20 bill that comes to me. And, you know, so thank God, um, I didn't relapse that one day. Fuck. That's a whole story in itself. But anyway, you guys, um, I, I gotta fucking get out of here. Um, thing is, is. I just want to get that fucking shit off of my chest. <sighs> just kind of open it up to you guys. I don't want to do. I can. I can make these intros and segues into old recordings. I pick like I let out of the vault. Uh, and this can go on for too, longer than it should be. So, and um, this recording I did a while. I did this one a while ago. Um, I, I did, I think I did this one right after I recorded my first episode recording. If you listen to episode one at the end, when I'm like wrapping it up, you hear some person like jump up on the mic and start beatboxing. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> that's Marcus. Marcus is my f fucking homie. Uh, he's pretty fucking, he's one of the smartest dudes. I know one of the smartest fucking dudes I know. Um, and he is kind of taken over as a social media marketing manager of Nod Squad, um, helping get, you know, our Facebook and other, you know, platforms more reach to get to more people and get our numbers up, get more people liking our pages. Because that's a fucking almost a full time job in itself. And I've been trying to, you know, record these podcasts, you know, edit the intros, fucking uh you know, slap EQs and compressors on everything to make it sound good. You know, fucking export it to fucking wave file, export that to MP3, fucking add ID tags to the MP3, fucking upload to our fucking Podbean. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fucking work. And then taking that on and the YouTube channel, it's uh, realizing there's only so much of me. <laughs> so I've uh, reached out and um, requested help from my fellow members of the squadron. And uh, Marcus is perfect for the fucking job. And him and I are going to start pressing shirts soon. We might be working on some other really big things uh, that I shouldn't talk about right now. But we got some good ideas. And we'll, and then, I mean, when they're fucking ready, we'll reveal them. If they're, people like it, they do. We'll see what fuck happens. But right now, I'm just fucking along for the ride. So, uh, Marcus will, I did a few recordings with Marcus already and he's going to continually be around. Um, he's fucking a little weird. Uh, but I, I still love him <laughs> for who he is. Uh, cause I'm, I'm who the fuck, who am I to judge someone being weird? I'm, f I'm really, I'm kind of weird. I'm not kind of weird. I'm, I'm just, bam, weird in bold letters. <laughs> um, 
yeah, dude. Uh, I just can't stop thinking about my friend, but, um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I fucking told him like, look, you know, you made a mistake and that sucks, but just know, even though you made that mistake, I'm never going to judge you or look down at you or, or, or think differently of you for it. Like I'm 20 days clean. I'm fresh out of a relapse myself. I'm just as much, if not more of a dirt bag than you, <laughs> like, come on, let's get real here. But, um, and I was like, look, like I got your back, write down my number on your arm. So you have, you know, you can call me when you get in housed in jail, you know, um, I'll put money on the phones after you call me and get it all set up. And then you can just fucking hit me up when you have free time, dude. And I was like, Oh, Oh, I was like, and you could call in and we have you on the podcast live from jail. I mean, uh, you gotta like make lemonade sometimes you guys come on. And, um, he was down <laughs> cause he knows that's fucking, that's raw. That's some raw fucking content live from jail. Ladies and gentlemen on my podcast, I think it might be a first we'll have to check, uh, the Guinness book of world records and might, might just be that I get in there first live podcast from jail. Actually not true. There is a fucking jail or a prison somewhere in the States and they have a extracurricular program and inmates can podcast live from jail apparently. And there is a podcast. I fuck. I got to find the name of that. Oh, they must talk about cool shit. I need more. I need to tell more jail stories. You guys, I got to get on that. All right. So this is, uh, this is Marcus. Um, and I got nothing else to say. You guys, I got fucking YouTube videos to make, but, uh, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys for everything. Everyone who's messaged me and giving me encouragement and positive feedback. I fucking like words aren't fucking specific or descriptive enough to convey how much I appreciate you guys for taking time to listen to my dumb ass and like, you know, listen to me talk about my fucking fucked up insane life. But every day it does get a little more structured and with a little stronger foundation of uh, my recovery. So fuck if that's not inspiring, right? Hopefully. I don't know. All I know is my coffee's wearing off. It's 11, 16 PM. I'm fucking getting tired finally for once. So I'll probably go into bed after this. But, you know, oh, one more thing. I moved my release date to the podcast is Wednesday. So every Wednesday, there will be a new episode. I chose that date because hump day is a good day to get people through the week. You know, maybe they've listened to all their podcasts or whatever. And they're like, fuck, there's not any new podcast. Well, fuck, that's when I'll release one. Boom. You know, I want to release my shit on a date that other people don't release their shit. Not only because I'm not trying to, it's not like I'm not trying to like cock block or compete with them. I'm, you know, it's about collaboration over competition, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm just trying to do it because I don't know. I just felt like that's like the better thing to do. I don't know. What the fuck? I don't make much sense, but I thought that made sense. So I'm fucking out of here, you guys. I love you. Um, you know, I'm proud of all you guys. 
regardless of your clean time or whether you're still struggling, I'm still proud of you guys. And you guys, I just, I just hope that you guys don't die and stay alive, you know? And if, you know, you're facing jail time, like, oh, <laughs> like I might be too. I, apparently I might have a warrant out for my arrest, uh, which I'm going to vlog about on the YouTube channel. I got to take care of that tomorrow and see if there's a warrant out for my arrest. I don't know. It could be. I uh, kind of neglected to sign up for community service. That was court ordered from Santa Barbara. And uh, I don't know if uh, it's too late or whatever. So I got to figure that shit out. And I got to sign back up for my DUI classes. Like I got to get back on the fucking... I got to get back on the responsibility kind of thing now that my you know even pause my pause is not as bad you know my physical withdrawal is not as bad like i can finally start rummaging through this giant mountain of mail that's been accumulating over uh the 20 days that i've been uh detox you know like cleaning my act up uh and see uh what's inside these envelopes and then i guess take care of my fucking life right um, but at least I'm optimistic and happy and funny about it. And if, and, it, and honestly, like if I did get locked up then I'll do a live podcast from jail too, fuck it, you know, but they're going to have to, it, it, you know, if they want to catch me, they're going to have to subscribe to the fucking podcast and leave an iTunes review or else, you know, they ain't catching me, they ain't catch me for shit. <laughs> so that was a joke guys. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to like make a, make light of my situation you know um but just know i'm trying to take care of it every day one step at a time i'm out i'm out of you guys i'm out of here you guys i'm fucking i'm tired I'm tired as fuck so i just i love you guys that's all i gotta say uncle albert signing off <laughs> peace love all the above girlfriend ever not official i mean there's <clears throat> always been like fuck buddies that are kind of like maybe could have been a boyfriend but not thing, but, but never like, boyfriend girlfriend no never. how old are you i'm 23 oh okay well you're 23 well yeah it makes sense but i mean yeah well that's still... different i mean i was probably doing the same thing around 23 i wasn't really no i've had, I had girlfriends but i just didn't know what the fuck i was doing and then they were just like this fuck boy doesn't know what he's doing and then they broke up with me <clears throat> so then after like my third or fourth girlfriend, I kind of got the idea like, oh, this is what relationships, this is what you do, you know? But I, to be honest, I don't even remember how many girlfriends I've had or how many different girls I've been with. It would take like a lot of backtracking and counting and like timelining. And Actually, like... take that back. <clears throat> the one girl that I was with... The yeah. only really girls that I really knew that I was with that could have been something or I could say was kind of like boyfriend girlfriend was only when I was fucking using though. Okay, let's get into that. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, yeah. I think like, what, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like the one time that I was with a girl, Brittany, dude. It's like, 
I remember hitchhiking across the United States, and I finally made it up to from Venice up here to five cities. And I remember just going like, "Damn, dude, what is with this fucking place?" And then I ran into her, and then it was kind of like this on and off relationship where we would find places to squat, but she still was living in a place. You know what I mean? And then. So it was kind of like this weird wish where she was with the homeless transient bum that she felt like that she could just fucking get over on. And then later on, I was You were the out. transient homeless bum? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't look like that now, but like I was definitely that guy. Did you have dreadlocks? No, oh, no, I had a huge-ass afro. Huge afro? Like, you could also... you almost, Like, my mugshot when I got locked up, bro, I looked like a fucking terrorist. Like, straight up. Like, something that you see like a fucking, like, Houdafi or some shit. Like okay, that. so, dude... The story leading up to you getting arrested, is that a good one? Oh, well, it's extensive, yeah, but I can tell you a little bit of snippets. Extensive, extensive like how? Because we get extensive on the podcast. Okay, can well, I Can shit. I just tell you, like, what Nod Squad is? Because you've never really been a part of this. No, I don't think so, yeah. All right, Nod Squad is a podcast. It's a YouTube channel. I do, uh, you know, commentary uh, snippets about politics and sociopolitical kind of things that are going on within you know, our government and our music industry and in, in a lot of things that are maybe drug war related or drug related. And then we also do, well, originally Nod Squad was, we get a bunch of addicts in here and they tell crazy war stories and we make them about 10 minutes long and then we uh, record their, narrating their story and then we animate them into cartoons. So. Oh, I do <clears throat> know this. Yeah, I, I, do I told know you this. about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. I know who told me. Guess who told me? Who? Ryan. Yeah, Ryan's my co-host. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit. Dude, I got to tell him I'm on here. What the fuck? Half, half our, half our uh, my recordings are with him. And him, him and I were just shooting. Um, oh, dude, you must have had so much fun. Yeah, we did. And, like, dude, it was awesome. But then he kind of, you know, got in trouble and then had to get um, sent to. But um, he's still the co-host. I mean, I don't want, I mean, I, I'm continuing it. And you're getting stories recorded, but. Oh, that's fucking cool. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's my fucking co-host, so... Um, he's the fucking co-host. He is one of the co-hosts. You're like, here, let me show you this. Um, our fucking logo, we just got my buddy Mr. Vandal did. Uh, these logos. Check that out. Not squad. T-shirts made of that, right? Shit. Oh, yeah, by the way, you guys, if you're listening, I'm sorry we're going off on a tangent, but I do have T-shirts coming. They're illegal in the fact that I'm using images from a movie... Uh, in the background of our logo that we made ourselves. Damn, dude. I, but we're gonna. She still looks hot. Dude, yeah. I know. Still, Even with ooh, her ooh, face ooh. fucked up like that. What right here? Oh yeah, dude. Dude, she she's she's got that oh no face where she <laughs> she thought she snorted some coke, but that was some China White, son. Uh, and if you guys don't know, we're talking about the movie Pulp Fiction. Right when she fucking yep. leans back and gets that drip, she's like, oh, this doesn't taste like Coke. And, and then, then John Travolta oh no, came fucking oh no. stumbling in in the Bloody middle of the fucking night. Yeah, and then they had to do the gnarly Narcan. Yep. That was pretty... Uh, so that's in the background of our logo, and it looks pretty fucking awesome. A lot of upside-down crosses. Dude, so if you're, if you're heavily religious, I'm sorry. My... Um, Graphic designer. Oh, I'm just noticing of. that, and that's kind of fucked up because I'm religious. No, yeah. it's not. not religious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is the podcast. We we touch on dark shit here, you know, and we laugh at the at our survival of you know surviving the dark shit. It's almost like you know a war veteran who's like um, who's like who goes to those war memorials. He's not like like 
championing death and murder. He's yeah. he's he's celebrating his the fact that he survived such a hellacious period yeah. in almost time. like history. Why did I survive? Oh well, then definitely that time in Venice, when I almost got shot up. That was fucked up. See, we have uh, probably three to five stories we need to get recorded by you. Oh but, yeah, you probably could do a whole podcast about at least like six or eight. Well. I like the details, like, so let's get one really good story in a good detail. Like, oh, what, what's one of your craziest stories? Well, I've never been much of a storyteller, but if we're going to go into just my past and shit, I might as well fucking just, like... Let's let's get into your background and, like, get into your past, and then we can, you know... Okay. Then once our audience has gotten to know you better, we can, like, also champion, like, other episodes with other stories. Does that sound good? Okay, well, sure. I mean, what do you want to know? I don't even know where to start, dude. Uh, well, we could start with, um, your upbringing... Uh, okay, let's just start with that. You... So I grew up in the military. Okay. And uh, with the military family moving around everywhere, fucking yeah, yeah. very uh, much didn't know that I was an addict until I fucking started doing drugs, of course, you know what I mean? Which so you wasn't... started doing drugs. So I started doing drugs. Let's well, just yeah. go to the simple fact of it. I mean, it wasn't until around maybe like, like right when I got into college. So I moved around different places. Wait, what college did you go to? Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. So you were born and raised in Georgia? No, I was actually born in Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. And I moved to a lot of different places because of the Because you're a military family. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Okay. Okay, continue. So, yeah, I went over... I was in SCAD when I first, like, really started getting into... SCAG? SCAD, which is the college. That's oh, the acronym. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, when I was there, you know, I just fucking... Smoking weed, fucking doing LSD... Fucking getting deep into it until I fucking really got uh to the point of just like it was just like fucking around like anybody else you know in high in fucking college. Yeah, well, I really yeah. like don't know where else to really go with it other than to I think like the turning point was that too when I started fucking spending all my fucking money and I fucking was finally broke as fuck when I finally. What were you spending all your money on? I was fucking spending it on coke, fucking LSD, and I was spending it on weed. Coke, LSD, and weed. Yes. Well, you also gotta think, like, downtown Savannah, Georgia is, like, crackhead fucking downtown city, you know what I mean? Okay. So, like, in Georgia, okay, a little bit bit more about kind of the place. So, it's a lot like if you were to go to downtown Slow, and it's kind of like a biking city, but it's said to think of old school Jamestown-looking buildings that are on a grid, you know what I mean? Of Of a downtown right next to a river. Okay. Like, it's definitely much an East Coast downtown vibe, you know? Yeah. So there, the whole property of that place, uh, or at least the the whole area, the college has different buildings around that campus where you can bike anywhere, pretty much, and go to the but you can bike to your campus and wherever it is you want to go. It's not like just one set campus <coughs> where it is. Like you go to a different part of the city to get and do a specific. Uh, a oh, you don't have to lean in, yeah. but uh, don't be behind the mic. Be. Right oh, here, yeah, I got Omni. You. I'm gonna pee though, but continue. <laughs> continue because I do have to pee though. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, and it's like a downtown grid. So, for me to like be able to kind of like get around anywhere, I had to pretty much bike. And uh, I would just find the house party with all the other people that I went with. Where there was a girl named Sarah Moyer, there was a guy named uh, Juan, and these guys came from all over different parts of the world and they go to raves and shit. So, I just be down for the house parties. I mean, I remember one time I was fucking drinking so bad, dude, that I fucking was playing King's Cup. We were fucking, we were all decided to play King's Cup, but 
play it stripper style. This is like the first, like, kind of like, everybody's still a freshman house party and everybody fucking knew me because I could beatbox like I did in the beginning. And so everybody was like, oh man, you gotta come over and fucking and go drink. So I'm like, okay, I'll just go and do that. So I'll go to fucking go and drink with these guys. And I fucking remember drinking, I always fucking got the king's card, dude. And I fucking would always drink the fucking cup. And I, I remember just down in fucking seven shots of fucking you-know-what vodka, Borski, fucking Jaeger, all just mixed up in this fucking crazy-ass fucking cup. And I drank that shit because I fucking, I don't know my bad luck or what. But it got to the point where I finally was just stripped down off my all my clothes. And I fucking would just, one day, I was, we got up, we're done playing the game, and I just fucking fell over, dude. And I, I went with this girl named Taylor. And she ended up fucking getting some of the cards, too, the King's Cup, and it's fucking... Just drank and we fucking got naked. It, we got weird, dude, because there was guys and women there, you know what I mean? But I was the only guy naked amongst, like, maybe two other girls I got naked, too, because we ended up always getting the King's card. And What the fuck is King's card? Is this some weird college game where you get naked and fucking drunk? Yeah, pretty much, dog. I've never played this game before. It's, uh, I don't recommend it. <clears throat> only for the reasoning of the fact is that I was really skinny. It didn't look very, um, striking or handsomely. It was yeah, more of like no, a... I know that. I'm skinny, too. I'm a little on the gangly side. Gangly side. It's... I think so, someone called me stretch. I mean, it, it helped that I'm black, but I mean, like... <laughs> Does it really? <laughs> no. He's like, that's not the only limb that stretches, baby. Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, when you got the you got that third leg hanging, you know, it's kind of... Tripod. Yeah, tripod. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I got you. So, yeah, wow. I mean... Wow. Just for me to get, like, at that point... When it really got worse and I started drinking, I remember fucking throwing up in an Indian dude's taxi cab. And I'm like, oh, I'm fucking getting sick. And I fucking that threw That night, you threw up in an Indian dude's taxi cab yeah. in the car. Yeah, in the car. He's and it fucking spewed all over the front, fucking front windshield, dude. That's all over not... the fucking floor. And then what's crazy is that my two friends had ditched me. And they left me with a tab for the cab. While I was like, and then I'm also drunk at this point, you know what I mean? And he guys said, oh, well, you're going to clean this all up right now. And I'm like, oh, How are no, you going to do that drunk? Yeah, you're exactly. Just make and it, it made worse. me take my own shirt and fucking clean that shit up all over the fucking floor. How did you not throw up again in there? Well, that's what I did. I did. You threw up again? Yeah, but I don't tell people that part because it's fucking embarrassing. Why? That makes the story that much better. Well, yeah. That but makes like, the story a million times better. But not better. when it's fucking... Dude, drooling no, down your fucking shirt and yeah, fucking but dude, all over the fucking dude. But, and yeah, fucking, but dude, <laughs> he, he, he 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 was like, I'm gonna teach this kid a lesson. I'm gonna make him clean up his own puke with his own shirt. But it's like, dude, you're drunk and sick. So the sight and being that smell and being that up close to your own. I puke, was on campus too. It's so gonna make you. It's gonna make you puke again. So this guy is pretty much, you know, making matters worse. Yeah. Trying to he, he thinks he's like gonna be like big man on campus, but in reality, you just puked more inside of his car, all over his car. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. And that just led to fucking worse shit. I mean, I ended up going to fucking rehab for a little bit because my fucking where in my dream in what it. state did you go to rehab? It was in the same place in Georgia. How was how was the rehab there? Well, the rehab there was kind of pretty. Uh, it was high end, I guess. You know what I mean? Because parents had the military fucking insurance, so it was a, it was I. You know what I mean? But it was more like stuck there, and I felt like I was in a straitjacket the whole time because I was mentally fucking and emotionally unstable. Well, what were they? Were they drugging you with a bunch of? Like, oh yeah, definitely. Dude. What were they giving you? Fucking Lexapro, Abilify, Depakote. Depakote. Yeah, 
Oh, uh, that fucking high five clipped bad. I'm sorry, you guys. We got way hyped over Depakote. So I was doing jail time in L.A. Yeah. At Twin Towers. I was doing Damn. 65 days. And uh, I was a trustee. Yeah. Because it was my first time doing like heavy time. But so they were like, okay, he's probably not going to be violent. He's just a little skinny white boy who's like, you know, strung out. We'll, we'll make him a trustee. So I was like, all right, yeah, man, I'll be a trustee. So uh, fucking our dorm was like the party dorm. Yeah. And all these drugs came through. And me and my, my uh, you know, every, you know, it's race segregated, obviously. So yeah. you're, I'm with the woods. But the rep... Uh, has you know every rep for every race has a right and left hand kind of man. Yeah. My rep's right hand guy was like this fucking crazy white boy like Juggalo who rapped, and him and I would do uh, for our trustee job we do fifth floor cleanup which is on the other tower, and that's the like max security like heavy, heavily medicated motherfuckers dude heavily medicated. So they and they they would always want to make a trades with us because they couldn't get as much commissary as we could. So we would get commissary that they couldn't order, and then we would trade all these pills. And one of them was like Depakote, because when I was in there, I was in there for like 65, 70 days. <clears throat> yeah. And I, and, I, and while I'm in there, I don't know. I think I'm doing more time than that, because I was charged or convicted, and I was charged with more days in jail than that. But I guess, you know, you get an early release, if uh, early kick if it's full, and, you know, I was a trustee, so I had time off because of that, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But... So I'm thinking I'm doing at least 120 days, like double that. Yeah. All uh, maybe even more. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, there was these giant, giant pink horse pills that were yep. de- they're Depakotes. Fucking crazy. Depakotes. Yep, yep. And at first we didn't know what they were because I we were getting all kinds of different pills yeah. coming through there. There was all kinds of fucking different, you know, medications like uh, going on. And, uh, you know, Seroquils were going through there, Cyprexas. Oh, yeah, Trizodone. Uh, Trizodone, like, all these different, yep. you know, even... Paxil. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was Vi- Vivance, shit. you know, oh, yeah, like, dude. all this shit. But the Depakotes, man, those mood stabilizers, I liked those when I was in there. Yeah. I don't know why, but apparently they have horrible side effects. Yeah. So, good thing I, you know, didn't, like, find them outside of the fucking jail, but I would, like... Go like I would be in fifth or cleanup, and there'd be certain guys. There's this one dude with like dreads all the way down to his fucking ass, and uh, he would uh, he would like ask for extra sack lunches because for lunch you get you know a brown bag of for lunch. It's always it's always the peanut butter, peanut, peanut butter, or or, or, or bologna, or bologna, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I would go in because I I mean I'm walking around on the outside. I can go right up to the freezer and pull out a sack lunch, and I would just slide it in his little. I'd either put it in front of his door. If it was closer, if the slot was open, I'd I'd put it through the slot, yeah. and then he would slide me a muscle relaxer and a Depakote, and I would just poof, pop that shit. If I could find some of those little Vivances, I would pop those, and then oops, we'd go back and we'd fucking play cards all night. Like, oh dude, you spades got spades was the game. I no like, don't, don't you have not played spades, dude. I know play well. I played play spades in there. I learned spades. I liked rummy though. I played rummy. Man, that that's the one game that game. I'm never ever gonna get taught ever in my life, dude. Why? Because you're you not get... going back to jail, first of well, all. Well, one, I'm not going back to jail, but <laughs> fucking black, you know what I mean? You don't fuck with the woods and whatnot. And nobody else in my black car knew how to fucking play rummy, dude. You know what I mean? They knew how to play space. The space is the shit. Be smacking those who can get no sand. Nobody wanted the sandbags. You know what I mean? Or fucking. It's just fucking. I really wish that I fucking learned rummy. You know. 
but never could. It was always spades. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But everything with the Depakote. Spades, and rummy, Depakotes, uh, muscle relaxers. We found some Percocets once and snorted those and got fucked up. Oh, dude. Dude, we got weed in there like three times and smoked weed. Dude, I got down in jail, dude. I fucking... And I had mad money on my book, so I had mad commissary. So every like... Dude, there's a fucking... And see, the no one really fucked with the woods because uh, like tried to steal from them or disrespect them like we were we, we always tried to keep the peace so if there was a thief in the dorm even the own race would probably boobop them you know yeah um and boobop i think i've explained that before what a boobopping is oh yeah i know um, yeah i mean just for the people who haven't been to jail or listening uh they could hear boobop and be like what's that it's basically a beat down it's, it's a or just fucking uh, being broken off you know well so broken right. off is burpees and push-ups yeah you get a two, $250, and a thousand uh, p- yeah. push up or burpee break off. Uh, but then after that, if it's the punishment requires something worse, it's a, go- a boobop. And then that's in LA, it's three on one for a hard 24 or a hard 48 seconds. And obviously, the way the towers are, well, not obviously, but the way the towers are designed at Twin Towers, the uh, jail in Los Angeles, is in the center of the building is like um, a control tower, and then there's little uh pods all on the outside like an octagon kind of so there's about like four but it's it's more there's like six pods on each end of the of the goddamn jail um or actually no that's not true six there's six and then um there's uh rec rooms and stuff and then like you know a washroom and shit but in the middle, there's a tower that can see, you know, into the, all the pods. So after count, after the last count, people, all the people, everyone in the pod would be told to make a wall. And basically, you know, you do that anyway for a head count. But when they leave, it's a wall of people. So yeah. the people in the towers can't see behind a wall of people. So basically all the peons um, of every race are just making a wall and staring ahead. And then behind the wall of uh, you know, low level kind of inmates is the, all the reps and then the people getting boobopped or the person getting boobopped and the people boobopping. And it's yeah. always three on one. So you're, you're going to get a hard 24 seconds or a hard 48 seconds where they're just punching you. And the poly, and then the rules is if you don't fight back, they can only do body shots, only body shots, uh, no head shots. If you do fight back, then they can punch you in the head. Um, you know, so it's, uh, and everyone who makes a wall is not allowed to look back at the fight. If you are caught looking back at the fight, you are going to get broken off 250, 500 pushups or burpees, right? So, um, you would just be, you know, making a wall. And then as soon as the office of the corrections officer leaves after doing a head count and going to the next pod, you just hear a sick, six fists just punching one body like you know just all over and over and maybe someone's getting picked up and body slammed and you can't look back you know uh and that's what a boobop is in case no one knows and i think i saw like at least a dozen boobops in those 65 days like it happened you know it a lot of it happened to keep the peace because the thing is we were getting so much uh uh, contraband in there whether it was drugs or uh well shit you, you have to keep that shit on down low, you know well yeah because if if an officer finds out there's fights getting people getting away with getting boobopped and getting beaten up 
then they're gonna fucking uh, you know raid our pod and then steal everything that we've been like you know I had a shit ton of pills, like I had so many collections of different pills like because I would just I was six floor cleanup I go on sixth floor where they get the most medications and then I'd clean out their cells when they're at court or to doing whatever and then there's just pills everywhere and we'd sneak them back in the most elaborate of ways, like you know some people had to boof that shit like well of course man you're trying to get it. Any type of that, how you get it? I bet you if you got Suboxone, man, or whatever it is that you can get, you know. Yeah, I never had Suboxone, but uh, oh, I had a lot of fucking. I had some Xanax. I had some Percocets. I had a lot of different sleeping medications. Probably Narcos. Uh, like the jail equivalent of one. Yeah, they just look different. Yeah. They were um, Vicodins, like, and see different races would charge me some good prices, some outrageous prices, and. You know, most of the time I'd get them back myself and then slang them. And, uh, oh, dude, it was fucking awesome. Damn. It was awesome. I was like, the thing is, like, people have this crazy misconception about jail. Like, jail is not like prison. Like, I mean, it's, like, not like the movies. Like, prison, that's different. It's jail on steroids. It's, prison is like, you really have to politic. And if you don't politic, you're gonna not people aren't gonna have your back and then if someone thinks they can punk you they're gonna fucking shank your ass and or let's say you're you know a week away from fucking getting released and someone doesn't like that and then they fucking do something for you to get an ad charge and stay in fucking prison like that's prison that's that's you gotta watch your fucking back you gotta watch your back at jail too but it's on a more it's not on as extreme of a level and if you follow the rules that the inmates have while also kind of ha- uh, following loosely the rules that the, the, the correction officers impose, then you'll do fine. I mean, I've had to go and do things that would have gotten me in trouble. Or I didn't have to, but it helped my... It helped my, um, you know, helped my position in with my you know, race who had my back in case anything happened. Man, when I was in jail, man, here, the only thing I could think of was fucking, oh, my you, car was so fucking small, dude. Like, I, I, I mean, you gotta think, <coughs> like, there being so many woods within the jail, dude, and there's only fucking maybe like three blacks, man. That's true. You know? <laughs> well, the, in, the jail here in, in San Luis Obispo, that's like Camp Snoopy, dude, It's man. like, there's not much politics going there on really there. isn't. As long as you respect people and and you know keep to yourself and well not keep to yourself but not as long as you're you know engaging with another inmate you're not like doing you know deliberately disrespectful things and if someone asks politely blah 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 then you're like okay cool sorry my bad and i was always smart to fucking get out because oh speaking of which that goes with that girl Brittany. Fucking, that girl, Brittany, that I told you about, that the first one that I told you that okay. kind of like was... Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of reverting back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. What we were talking oh, let's about. Get back to, let's get back to that. But uh, that same girl freaking got me got me caught up, so I had a, a whole squat. So it was actually on Grand Avenue, right? And so they have this building that's right here, two garages. They have the freaking place right here. I got locked up for uh, a burglary charge. So, and I had to do Ooh. hard time for... Uh, I had to do... Here, you got caught. Yeah, I got caught up here, of course, out of all places to freaking do it. So wait, first of all, I want to know how you got from Georgia here. Did you go from Georgia here, or did you hop around a few places also? I hopped around a few places. Okay. 
So one of them, one of them was uh, for me. To, I went from Georgia. So let's kind of go into that. Yeah. Basically, I was fucking. I was homeless after I got actually um, into college. So a little bit after that, I got I got homeless in Duval County first because I was sent down to a sober living as required part of my thing for me to continue being able to do well and maybe go back to college. I had to first do a because I was fucking up really bad with the drugs and I fucking started flipping fucking LSD and weed. Oh yeah, at the college I flipped, I flipped some you know? LSD in my day. And I fucking so really, I got caught it, though because someone yeah, decided oh, to fucking be. Wait, what state were you in when you in got Georgia? Caught? You got caught with sales charge for LSD in Georgia. Not sales charge. It was a deal. It, it was a deal within the college. So they didn't get anybody. Oh, so the college busted you, not the police. Yeah, not the police. No, no, no. no you no. got so fucking Oh, yeah, lucky, dude. Oh, yeah, bro. dude. In Georgia? Yeah, yeah. You That's get what caught I'm by the police in Georgia yeah. for sales of LSD? You're getting manslaughter charges. You're probably getting life, dude. Yeah. Holy fuck. I've, yeah. see, I've seen these horror stories of these innocent college kids. I mean,. <clears throat> And they're treated like they're goddamn uh, the Unabomber or something. Yeah. For selling LSD, and it's like, why does LSD have this insane manslaughter charge out of all drugs? It's called it's, it's called a conservative state, dude. Yeah, but this is the thing. Okay, so how many people on LSD usually die? I mean, there are some people, not not a lot. Yeah, how, but that's from like crazy experiences and circumstances. You there, know what watch I mean? Out. Don't have that on here because it's just loud. Um, oh. But it's like, all right, how many people, yeah, how many people fucking die on LSD? But how, then how many people die on fucking fentanyl-laced heroin? Yep. And yet there's not that much. So, so, so how many? How, how many of those heroin dealers are getting manslaughter charges? Like how like these in the same as respects that these LSD dealers are getting manslaughter charges? You know, in these certain states, I'm like, fuck, dude, these people are getting life for selling psychedelics on college, dude. You know how hard it is to go to college. And not have someone hit you up for fucking acid or mushrooms or ecstasy or Molly yep. and shit or Zannies or or dude like I've been going to that's that's the thing is you know it, it uh, that was one of the things I had to really check myself on when I was in you know my recovery and going back to school is all these fucking college kids there I'm 34 dude yeah. I know I don't look it because my my genetics are fucking on point but. <laughs> You guys may never know this because I'm so anonymous because I'm telling incriminating stories about myself. But I'm not the be- I'm not the worst looking fucking thirty four year old. I I pass for twenty five. People are surprised. But let's not let's get off that. Uh, you know, you got these twenty or you're like early twenties, maybe eighteen year old kids. They're fucking experiencing freedom for the first time in front of you in your presence. You're witnessing teenagers get. Um, go to a new level of freedom and a lot of them don't utilize that or handle that very well and they party like me great, <laughs> like uh, everybody I, yeah me too dude yeah i wasn't taking homework seriously i was like dude this is party this is like every fucking college movie i've ever fucking seen as a little kid is it coming alive before my eyes like and, and now i can bail. do yeah yeah exactly yeah. It's unrolling before me. Are you fucking serious? Like, what, then, do you, what the fuck do you expect to happen? And then you see the Boogeyman come out that red carpet when it's being rolled. Uh, oh, dude, my college days were actually really awesome. They didn't get dark until later. Dude, I crashed later. and burned hard fast. <laughs> I, I crashed and burned hard, but it was just with smoking lots of weed and not really doing my homework and not giving a fuck about homework and yeah. just 
trying to get laid and smoking as much weed as possible. And then the occasional mushrooms and maybe a line of coke here and there and getting drunk and throwing up. But like it got dark for me when I went back to school in LA. I went to Musicians Institute in Hollywood for sound engineering. I've I've probably told this story so many fucking times. But yeah, I had gotten diagnosed with testicular cancer at 24. And I had to drop out of school. What the fuck? I had to drop out of school. The girl I was kind of dating broke up with me. And uh, I got evicted from my apartment in Hollywood. So I was just like... I moved out of Hollywood into Pasadena, which is like right next to Hollywood. And... uh, kind of laid low and went to Pasadena City College and just tried to, like, figure out if I was going to die, you know? Yeah. And by then, I was like, well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And that was just party. And then it just was like, oh, and then this other crazy shit happened where the one of the oncologists that I saw or was referred to was like, looking at my my paperwork on all the data on me for my surgery and then I had a I had a was it one of those fucking body scans those cat scans kind of yeah um MRI scan and uh you know just check and see if there were cancer cells in my body and the sh- MRI scan showed there was no cancer cells in my body but this oncologist was like oh dude um he was like we can <laughs> We can, um, we should give you, he wanted to give us three rounds of chemo, is what it was. Damn. And I was like, why do you want to give me three rounds of chemo if this MRI scan shows no cancer cells in my body? Like, that makes no sense. Like, you know, like, it's going to kill my white blood cell count, and my immune system's going to go to shit, and a side effect of that could be for cancer. Yeah, it's money. I did all the research, trust me. I was doing all the research. I mean, I was smoking mad weed, but I was... Trust, I was a hell, I was a studious conspiracy theorist, oh, critical dude. critical thinker. Oh, dude. And I and I fa- I learned to find out that a lot of these oncologists make about forty five percent profit of what you or your insurance company pays for chemo, which would have been three rounds, four thousand around four thousand five hundred dollars each times three, about you know thirteen fourteen thousand dollars. He's making almost half that in commission. I mean- in commission. And there was a lot of reports of these oncologists and urologists over-prescribing chemo to people who didn't need it. And it was being, it was blatantly in the news. So I was like, okay, fuck that. You know, I watched Run From The Cure by Rick, Rick, Rick Simpson. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You, you've seen that? You've seen that documentary, right? You've seen it? You know what I'm talking about. So I started eating my own Rick Simpson oil that I got in LA. There's dispensaries everywhere. Oh yeah. You know, I've been cancer free for 10 years with no chemo or radiation, just surgery and changing my diet and like, you know, eating, you know, it's nuts how the news wants to portray or just like mass media outlets that are controlled by very big corporations to imbue and feed the masses. Well, they've profited off this... of perpetuating sickness instead of curing it, and they just alleviate the symptoms, but never do any. They keep it alive, so you have to buy their medicine forever. Is but what it's it nuts is. how like 
that's kind of it's I've, now an awakening with people now. People are getting it. You know what I mean? People I think are people starting are. To, people are starting to see and wake up to the reality that these conspiracy theories are not really conspiracy theories; they're truth. Well, that's the problem is that you know there's so many false conspiracies out there to kind of confuse people on what would be real and what would be a theory. Yeah. And it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, when you don't want when it comes to monetary aspects of lies, you want to hide that shit the best you can. Well, this is how I feel about it, is it's like, if you're going to, you know, go to a doctor and get prescribed something, don't act like you're not on drugs. I mean, unless you're taking an antibiotic, you know? Yeah. Like, if, but if you're taking some kind of... If it's mind-altering or anything to make you feel good, especially if you have an addictive personality like I do, it's definitely a... It's, and even, even if it's, even if you don't become addicted to it, if it alters your mind or gets you high in any way... Or alters your mood. You're on a drug. It doesn't matter. It's the same. I mean, it's like the the uh, the media likes to portray uh, pharmaceuticals in such a different light than street drugs. But it's like you know, and, and that's what I always would trip out on people. Even like people who would like let's say snort coke, but they'd be like, oh my god, smoking crack. Ew. Like he's like, dude, you're doing the same drug. The only difference is that the baking soda allows it to be free based. And it's just done in a different way. You're doing the same drug, but you're looking down on uh, like one one like group of people who do the drug up their na their nasal capacity. They just look down on the people who smoke it and inhale it. It's like, but it's the same fucking thing you're putting in your body. You yep. know, it's like that's why I I think that's why I fucking got along with junkies so well because they don't judge anybody because they already know like they already look down on themselves so they don't i mean they 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 look down on people don't get me wrong but it's like they don't they don't look at a crackhead differently than a junkie differently than the person who does coke you know they don't they don't fucking put you on a hierarchy like that you know you're just a person i mean but if they're dope sick they'll steal from you but you know they don't that's just that's just the reality of That's just the reality of addiction. So but anyway, uh so yeah, so I I, I said uh, oh, and check this out. The fucking this is what got me. The uh, you want to the oncologist, I'll never fucking forget this. I've probably said this a million times, but I'll never forget this because it just struck me so in such a way. He said cuz he could tell I was like the way I was reacting to him. I'm like this is bullshit, dude. I'm not I don't need to do three rounds of chemo. You know, I was kind of telling him all this bullshit. And he was like, look, you know, he's like, you get this, uh, you get this chemo. He, he said, you can eat all the McDonald's you want. You can just eat all the McDonald's you want, not to worry about anything. I was like, who the fuck says that? First of all, I don't like McDonald's that much. Second of all, we don't know what shit. He, he literally, <laughs> he's a, this is a, this is a doctor saying I can eat. All the McDonald's I want. I'm not going to say his name. I have his card still somewhere in my fucking files and medical papers. But yeah, he's told me I could eat all the I could eat all the McDonald's I want after I do three rounds of chemo, which doesn't make much sense because my white blood cell count would be so fucked after three rounds of chemo. You'd imagine I'd have to be on an all vegan diet for fucking six months just to fucking detox all that shit out of my body, yeah. you know. Anyway, I, I rejected his offer and suggestion to do three rounds of chemo. And about th three months later, I got a call from my Medi-Cal 
saying, oh yeah, we heard you, you're not going to do the chemo. And I said, no, I'm not doing the chemo. I don't think I need the goddamn chemo. And they're like, oh, okay, okay, that's fine. And, you know, three months later after that, I get something in the mail saying Medi-Cal had dropped me because I was a high risk for, um, I was a high risk for my cancer coming back because I wouldn't do the chemo. So then I had to file an appeal and go to this special like medical court hearing, which is not really a courtroom, but it's like the courtroom for appeals and I had to set an appeal and so, thank God somehow I was able to get my medical back through an appeal. Uh, but it just, that's just, you know, so I already have a distrust of, you know, various institutions within our, within our, um, government you know well, that and, was like the amount of freaking pills that i was taking like depakote and all these things because i went from just taking an adh uh from what was it called uh adderall i was just i went you're on adderall i was on adderall okay so i, I can from, tell you have add like me yeah so i i was i went from taking one of those pills to where i was like oh you just have adhd to where oh all of a sudden that he has depression oh all of a sudden he has bipolar oh is my depressive bipolar with schizophrenia oh it's bipolar this is schizophrenia and he's having hallucinations and then the next thing you know it was prescribing more and more it went from one pill to eating over 5,000 milligrams of pills of, of pill a day what were you what were the most pills you were on at once uh i would have to say three horse pills of depakote four like hat like four tabs of abilify uh three tabs of lamestrogen uh, I took a few, uh, like I think two Abilify, and then there was this other new medication that I can't remember. It was a generic of, uh, of Seroquel, and I was taking all that, and you could like literally take a handful of it, and it, and, and it got to the point where I was with my family because they wanted me all this stuff because the first time I ever had it, it was just and at the really what it was was just addiction and the uh, the way of the addict thinking that had caused my rebelliousness towards within the household on top of doing drugs, bringing drugs into the house, fucking smoking. And having all that from having one pill to that had made me have a lot of distrust towards psychiatrists. And still today, I have, from ever since I've left, I haven't taken any pills or psychedelics whatsoever or any, or not psychedelics because I was fucking was doing LSD and I was fucking smoking meth. You know what I mean? But like... You were doing LSD and smoking meth simultaneously. Yeah. See, I've heard other people say that that's a good combo, is meth and LSD. Oh yeah, it definitely is. Sounds like it. Because it sounds like it fucking propels you into the acid trip better. Oh yeah, it does. Damn, dude. That's a trip. Yeah, but you also gotta think, on top of already being up as long as you are, you take enough acid, you're fucking good. But I got to those points where I was at, like... 36 hours and I was still having fucking very still fucking seeing fucking droplets coming off from concrete you know what I mean it's like it was trippy dude I'm not gonna lie where I had the, okay, like, this no is, comebacks points well this is I mean? the thing this is the thing about acid and methamphetamine is there both those drugs are have the potential to become psychological dynamite acid on alone if you have if you have a family history of schizophrenia, it can unlock that within your fucking brain. Where if you never took the acid, you would never have been become schizophrenic, right? But you had a family history of it. But acid can somehow unlock that in your fucking genetic code and make you become a schizophrenic. 
which is fucking just... Which really is just reaching to the third eye of everything. Well, what beats schizophrenia? Schizophrenia is a lot more, especially if you have an INFJ personality, like I do. That's What's schiz- a I? What explain that? So it's a t- it's a personality type. Um, so everybody has a different personality type. People who have who are schizophrenic have an INFJ personality. What's the stand for INFJ? I forgot. What the fuck was it? Doing this research talk about a person who has that personality. Look it up, real quick. You actually can look it right up. What's it? What is it? I F N J. I N F J personality. A lot of people who, are, who have that personality type have some form. Of okay, I'm gonna read this. The I N F J personality type is very rare, making up less than one percent of the population, but they nonetheless leave their mark on the world. As diplomats, they have an inborn sense of idealism and morality, but what sets them apart is the accompanying judging trait. INFJs are not idle dreamers, but people capable of taking concrete steps to realize their goals and make a lasting positive impact. They tend to see helping others as their purpose in life, but while people with this personality type can be found engaging rescue efforts and doing charity work, their real passion is to get to the heart of the issue so that people need not be rescued at all. Is that explain? No, that's not what it was. Really? Well, wow. not that. Well, what it accompanies with mental illness is what I mean. Oh, okay. Wow, that's weird. Wow. Okay, well, let's. I want to hear you explain what you what your. Well, we have. There's a few people who have that personality type. Okay. Which is not necessarily when accompanied with mental illness. There's a, a opening. So there's people who've been who've been who've had that personality type that I know, including myself, who when they've had it, they've had third eye open experiences, where uh, they're actually able to access their with their chakras, their kundalini, which goes up and reaches up to the. Uh, third eye. Which oh, actually dude, connects I to... need to talk to you about that kind of shit, dude. I'm trying to get that kind of access to my chakra. You gotta talk to a guy and another a guy that I know. It's okay. a pretty. It's pretty much a fucking huge ass trip, dude. Is it? Yeah, it's a huge ass trip, dude. Well, this guy had a huge experience, and I met this dude. And I ever since I fucking started doing acid and meth, even after I was done, there's been some crazy experiences that I had with just manifestation being able to be more spiritually aware of things. And a lot of people who have a very weird personality type who have that have very huge experiences where, like you said, they didn't really have a schizophrenia, but within their family history, it's brought a lot of stuff. It really is just more of an awareness of what people would think is hallucinations is really a different villain and dimension. Are you on that kind of um, mentality... I'm that I'm I, I kind of subscribe to or ideology that people who are schizophrenic or people who are hallucinating whether it be from a mental illness or from a psychedelic are getting a glimpse of the spirit world maybe not the entire picture but you're getting a glimpse the tip of the iceberg oh yeah of uh, things that are actually there is just from one you also got to think of what's put into our food like we a lot of people to what calcify our pineal gland yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, you're woke. <laughs> well, see, that's yeah. the thing. I that's that's my problem is I know this is this is my this is my dilemma as a human being. I am aware of all those things. Yeah. It's just that I haven't been 
energetic or or motivated enough to do the things it takes to what whatever uncalcify my pineal gland and stuff. I'm yes, still I'm still like <laughs> see I I'm still working through my addictive personality. I drink drink coffee a lot. I vape my nicotine a lot. You know, even when I'm in recovery. Yeah. So it's and, and then I uh, I was in such a Sid and Nancy relationship. I was in two Sid and Nancy relationships, and how I survived, I have no fucking idea, because like the let, let all right the two most the two most famous junky relationships. What are they? Sid and Nancy, right? Yeah. And Kurt and Courtney, right? Can you think of any other relationships or are as heroin junkied out i can't my two relationships were like both of those put together like like it's like that pineapple express scene like if that relationship and that relationship fucked and had a kid that would be <laughs> the relationships that i had yeah, later that's hilarious, dude. like i had some dark dark heroin girlfriends that we just enabled the fuck, not even enabled the fuck. We just drove each other further in our addiction because. Like, well, that's how it is when you stick two addicts like that together. Yeah, and then it's like how how, and that's why whenever I watch these like Maury shows or like uh, any of these talk shows on TV in the morning, when everyone's at work, they're and so it's and it shows tweaked. and it shows <laughs> it shows the boyfriend and girlfriend and they're both hooked on drugs. It's like there's no way you're gonna get both of those people clean if they stay together. They have to separate get clean and learn how to be on their own and not be codependent. And then maybe, maybe those two could get back together if they haven't found someone else already, which is usually what happens, you know? And like when two addicts are in a relationship, they could be clean for years. And then one of them goes out. They're just fucking nuts. So yeah, I, ah, there's so many phases of my life that are just so like, they're painted with such different colors and strokes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some are like so like like obviously like it just the easiest way to say it is like when you do drugs, you know, when you're teenage when you're a teenager and your early twenties, it's like it's fun and then it becomes fun with problems and then it becomes just problems. You know, with and the fun like the ratio of fun to problem factor, it gets worse and worse because until you know, uh, for most people, they don't even really get high anymore. And it's just like, they're just trying to maintain and they're just getting more and more problems because of it. That's usually how it goes down. Well, yeah, because when it comes down to the fucking withdrawal aspect, that's like, when I finally got here to five cities was my fluke chance because I, I was fucking tripping balls out in fucking Santa Barbara. I was fucking seeing fucking shadow people the fuck everywhere. From just oh dude dude above the buildings and I got swept hearing, up by this dude smoking voices. some uh, fucking you hearing voices oh, dude you'd look and be like wait you'd go back into yep. a room and see yep. there's no one there yep. and then you corner running into your, your past dreams of fucking being sucked into a fucking pit of fucking corner sludge. in the corner of your eye you see a face and then you look and there's no one there. Yeah. Exactly. Or you see them run across the screen, run across you, like from a movie scene, and then they just disappear for five seconds, like they were running. Like, what the fuck was that? I was so high on meth once. I walked into my bathroom, and I saw this four-dimensional geometrical pattern that was just constantly moving and shaping and morphing into different patterns. And this was just meth. And I was just staring at this fucking weird shape, just 
that's constantly moving into and morphing into other shapes. And I was like, damn, I've been up for what two, three days. I think after day three for me is when shit gets bad. You can get, you can get three days of no sleep, but on the fourth day, that's when you're gonna get weird, you know. So, if if you guys are out there and you're doing meth, I recommend you have some maybe Xanax or Valium or Seroquel on hand, just so you can take it and force yourself to sleep. I mean, I'm not advocating drug use, but if you're going to do these drugs you got to get sleep after day three and definitely don't go near any type of big large bodies of water don't do it oh, oh god you have a almost, <laughs> you have a story you almost drowned huh yeah pretty much on acid yep yeah dude do not <laughs> you guys you guys do not hey, hey okay you know what let me okay check this out fires are really hot <laughs> Yes, Water's sir. very wet. Cars are really fast. And yes, that sharp thing is very real. Okay, so that's the thing is, uh, there's, I don't know if you know this, but there's this big internet debate where people don't think water is wet. Have you seen this? Oh, gosh. That's like fucking with the whole thing with the feathers so they are try- heavier than pounds of steel. Well, I don't know, but it's like, no, no, no. I don't understand how people think water isn't wet. Water is wet. It is wet. It its essence is wetness. It gets you wet when you touch it. Oh, you're talking about we're not we're not no we're not going into this because I saw the video. You saw the video. <laughs> you saw, saw it. I saw the video. Well, I was so as as a dorky Caucasian. <laughs> I was like, hey, I was like, water's wet. Okay, I watched enough Bill Nye in my day. No, I'm like, dude, water is fucking wet, dude. I'm sorry. Do but... you believe in evolution? Yes, I think so. Do you? No. Well, it, it, do you think that's because of your Christian, like, upbringing? Oh, no. Just for the fact of, like, have you ever thought about that maybe that when it comes to evolution, there's not really a set... Like, that's like saying how old... How old... Or trying to figure... Or, like, for example, radiocarbon dating... So carbon dating. Oh my dating. goodness, this is getting Joe Rogan. <laughs> so, so carbon dating, for example, if we're really gonna go into that. How do you have a set number to know? How do you know that this that this unit is this long a time? Were you there to see it that to go for that long for it to deteriorate that long? No. So how did they come up with that number? If you weren't actually there to see it for it to happen. See, I'm not too familiar on carbon dating, so I can't... Okay, so to go into carbon dating a little bit, it's basically a measure of time something deteriorates when it comes to a specific amount of... to a specific element or material. Okay. So when that happens, they have this specific measure unit of time for it. But how do you know it's that long if you haven't been there to see it to go that long? How do they come up with that number? They just put a label. Does there a label on it when you were there on the actual thing that this is about a hundred thousand years old? How do you know that? Well, there there's not actual. I'm uh, sure there's uh, there's scientific explanations of how they measure. They probably I mean some. They can be more accurate than others. But I mean, you know, like when they go to uh, the North and South Pole and they do a drill into the ice and they look at the lines and how they're thick or thin. They can measure on how, you know, hot or cold it was at different like times of the year and shit. You but know? how do you know that if you, how can you tell that maybe if it wasn't layered in, in like 10 years? 
or like I'm just let I'm just saying like that's that's really a very how did they come up with that specific number for well, that amount I, of time for some, that when they have for different things long. there's different explanation for different scientific studies there's different explanations on how they come up with that number. Uh, I believe in evolution based off the stoned ape theory. Have you heard about the stoned ape theory? Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Rogan talks about it, and it, the, there was these species of um, apes or cavemen, kind of. You know, it was either apes or cavemen. I'm, st- I smoked so much weed back in the day, my memory is shot. But you too, huh? <laughs> yeah, dude. Here, here, let, here, let's check this. You know what? I'm googling it right now, just because I want to be accurate on this. Stoned ape theory. Okay, now Terrence McKenna talks about this, and he did. I don't know if you know who Terrence McKenna is, but he did a lot of psychedelics. He was kind of like one of these like psychedelic, you know, people who is uh, who are the other people uh albert hoffman yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's up there like that um but here, oops i clicked on terence mckenna not stoned ape theory okay he believed that psil- psilocybin mushrooms were the evolutionary catalyst from which language projective imagination the arts religion philosophy science and all of human culture sprang mckenna's hypothesis concerning the influence of psilocybin mushrooms on human evolution is known as the stoned ape theory. Um, basically, there was this period where... Um, we, we took so much fucking drugs as fucking apes oh, that here. it fucking caused us to... Uh, well, it caused our, our brain capacity to... Uh, it caused our brain capacity to like double or triple or, or increase so much in size. So check this out. Joe Rogan talks about it really well. some fascinating books. Food of the Gods... Uh, he had some crazy fucking theories that he pitched that I've seen scientists like, especially the doubling of the human brain size one. Doubling of the human really brain. That was a fascinating theory that he had. That That's he, what it was. He connected it. I'm, see, I'm not sure if he was right in terms of the climatological data, but his contention, for those of you who are aware of it, it was that monkeys had come down from the trees and they experimented with new food sources and they started flipping over cow patties to get the bugs because that's what they do. And along the line, they discovered psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. And he thinks that Damn, the, the grasslands, <laughs> um, the rainforest grasslands, the change in climate led to these chimps, these monkeys, whatever our, our ancestors were, led to them becoming more experimental. And that, that it could be coincided with a bunch of different things that they know about mushrooms, or it could be uh, sort of confirmed with a bunch of different things. One, one with that mushrooms increase visual acuity yeah and they've shown this like in actual actual tests with real scientists who are experimenting with it who was another guy there was one anyway guy so that makes a lot of sense though yeah so basically there was a there was this shift in uh history where these uh monkeys or um where their brain size had doubled and they didn't have any explanation for this and they kind of looked and um what makes sense what's plausible is that the, there was a shift in the weather where there was a lot more rain um, pushing um, the monkeys out of the trees and to find food sources elsewhere or something like that and because you know, the humidity and stuff there was these mushrooms growing and they experimented with eating these mushrooms and had some of them were psilocybin mushrooms and they obviously they, the theory is that these psych, their psychedelic trips is what caused the evolution of mankind you know um which it, I obviously is not fact, but I subscribe to that 
I I romanticize that that would be what happened. So so you recommend that we take some more mushrooms to get to? I think we he, uh we. Assume, <laughs> I don't want to advocate for that, but I will say this. I will say this. When I have had my DMT trips, I became way more aware w- aware and wise to my surroundings, around my life, around my how yep. my my actions and my thoughts manifest into feelings, which manifest into decisions, which manifest into shaping the reality around me. Yep. So controlling my thought process is what essentially controls my reality. You know, so. And what's funny about that in recovery, when being able to actually apply that after addiction instead of using drugs as a way to control the thought process for the relief of what the addict mentality Because that's is. the problem is we're so impulsive yes, exactly. that we have to kind of control that so that we can control our thought patterns to control our lives to become better. Because our impulsivity, if we act upon our impulsivity, we essentially are... are um, are catering to our, our emotions and not letting us get to the real thought process. Mm-hmm. What makes us tick? And surprisingly, past experiences and our experience of life in general is what causes it. But what's cool about about how whatever your conceptual point of we're really talking about recovery of a higher power is, you know, whatever that conceptual effect, there's some good energy out there Wanting to send whatever it is the way to be able to, at some point in life, be able to shift that mind, if we so choose. Which is what's cool about the addict in recovery, and why a lot of people have experienced such great love, such great experiences, such great lives, you know what I mean? Even after the fact where, like, because of using drugs in the first place, that's what, that's what the relief of being able to feel like that we could even live life was only because of drugs in the first place, you know? So it's like being able to have that, especially for those and those who and for those who don't know anything about uh, recovery or or kind of get into or understand this or maybe as an addict themselves and they're kind of contemplating on the fact of it, you know, like this this new thing of this concept of a of your own concept of a higher power of some type something that's loving to want to shift your thought process and it's not necessarily all the time comfortable, but what's cool about it is is that like. For myself personally, I've been having some crazy manifestations, dude. Like because of what? Of my of recovery. This one. What do you mean this? So, I've been, like you said, a lot more aware, aware of the things around me ever since that I don't necessarily need the drugs to become more aware of it. I found myself what my higher power is and I have an actual experience with whatever loving energy this is. And because I've, I've trapped onto that instead of using drugs, it's like one of those like empowering things like oh my gosh this is what i've been looking for the whole time you know let me ask you how long in your recovery did it take you to kind of grasp that well it was actually in jail dude i I learned how dude i took it took me forever to learn how to meditate yeah i learned how to meditate in solitary boom and that's what started off on the journey too yeah even before i even knew i was doing it i just I started manifesting it more. And what's co- what's cool about it is is that I've always wanted to rap and I always wanted to do like podcasts like this, right? Yeah. Like this is just an example. Ever since the beginning of my life, I've always wanted something of the sort like that. But I never believed I deserved it, you know what I mean? And I, it always led me to drugs. And everything about the drugs and the aspects of drugs was so appealing because it was the only freaking relief I had to the fucking brain that I had, which really my brain was smart. I, did, I developed in the way that I 
I did because I have such a huge connection to be able to do what it is I can do now, which is manifesting these situations, manifesting the right people around me, being able to connect with this power on us on such a huge loving basis internally that has affected everything and shaped my reality outside of me. So I've always wanted to do music. Now I believe that I deserve it. And now I'm doing it. And I'm rapping. And I'm doing all these things. I got a car. I end up getting a wow. job. I end up being able to produce a bunch of ton of money, dude, because of, like, I do online um, network affiliate marketing. That's something I've always wanted to do forever. Is that good money? If you know how to do it right, yes. I'm a networker. I'm good at talking. I'm really yeah, good, you're good at, at You're good at socializing I'm good and at socializing. But what's crazy is because of my manifestation. And the only reason I You weren't I had... good at like that before. <laughs> Oh, dude, I forgot we had a good beatboxing session of you at the beginning of this. Yeah, I mean, and what's funny about it is, is that everything that I now have is only because that I have a connection with this, which has led me, and I only can think it, to recovery. But I couldn't get that without having some type of crazy spiritual experience. Some people get it through LSD. And you hear it from other people's stories of being able to do it. I'm not, I'm not encouraging psychedelics, people. I'm just saying. Well, do you, do you think psychedelics are kind of a cheat code to get to those kind of stages of enlightenment when you don't, or you're too impatient to get there in sobriety and recovery? Yes, I think that your, where your mindset is at the moment wherever it is you and this is to just everybody who's listening on this podcast right that definitely it has to be the mind state because i didn't get my spiritual experience if we're just going to go into that because you can't lie and say there's not so special that we're all looking for something whether it's through drugs or whatever it is to feel that we all had questions at the beginning like what the fuck is all this whole place about dude we're all trying to figure out questions and shit you know what i mean we all are human a meaning right? we yeah. have to have a meaning we have to have a meaning but what that meaningful purpose is spiritual that's what people don't understand. So I use for drugs. So wherever your mindset is at that moment, I mean, look at the Indians; they did it. So are you trying you know to tell I mean? me that? Are you trying to tell me that atheists are? It's impossible for an atheist to find that connection. Well, I'm not or saying that because it's everybody's own journey. But a person who can't believe in something at least spiritual, then yes. But most it takes a lot more faith, definitely, for an atheist to live their life. Because I would, if I was atheist, a true atheist, I shoot myself in the fucking head. On some real shit. <laughs> I'm not gonna, personally, uh, not gonna lie. Uh, I don't know too many atheists, but a lot of atheists I know, and I'm not trying to generalize out there. If you're an atheist, because uh, I'm an agnostic, I'd not, yeah. I don't subscribe to organized religion, but I have a spiritual connection yeah. to I knowing can, that there's something greater. I believe there is something greater than us out there that we can, uh, we have we're limited on our perception of, you know, um, I think there's a certain sense that we are, are, maybe our, you know, genetic code isn't unlocked to being able to access and we can't perceive that yet. It's like the, the, the way spirituality is to me, it's like, it's almost like, let's say there's a guy on the, let's say you're on the New York subway, right? Yeah. And you're next to this dude, you know, this regular white guy, you know, corny, regular white guy, but he, he has all his senses except his sense of smell. He can't smell anything. He's incapable. It's like if you're blind, but with, of the nose, Yeah. you know, blind and deaf of the, the nasal, you, you cannot smell anything. And then say Lex next to that guy, 
is just this nasty ass, like gross, sweaty New York plumber dude. Yeah. And he rips yeah. a fat fart, a silent but deadly fart. So you don't hear it. You don't hear it, right? But you smell that someone farted. And you're you're like smelling shit particles in the air and you're looking around like, what the fuck? But the guy next to you, he's just staring like his day's fucking fucking roses and daisies. Like he just made a girl queef. Yeah, like he just made a girl queef, but he's literally inhaling shit particles through his nose, not even realizing it's coming right next to him. But you smell it. That being that guy, that's what spirituality is to me. It's, it's like, like a, oh shit moment. It's like it's there, but you can't perceive it really fully. And you can find ways to access it, like you said, through a lot of your techniques, which, um, but it's, it's hard. And meditation, when I had my first breakthrough of meditation, I was in a room where there's no visual distractions, no audio, audible distractions. There's no really nothing to look at. It's all four blank walls and not no noise, really little to no noise. So, you know, you get as me having ADD and somewhat ADHD, I, you get antsy and bored. So it's like, well, what the fuck am I going to do to control all these racing thoughts in my head? And I, and dude, I had tried, I had tried dozens, if not hundreds of times to, to meditate on the outs and I couldn't do it. I had too many distractions. I had my cell phone. I had people buzzing in my ear, fucking tell me I had to do this. I got to do that. And I'm running around and doing shit. So I, I couldn't do it until I was forced to strip all those things away. I learned how to meditate and it was a very psychedelic experience. I was high on gabapentin too. <laughs> but, 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 but it taught me how to do that. Yeah. Because I, I, uh, I had just started drug court. I got my first sanction. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do a weekend in jail. So I might as well take all these gabapentin before I go in. Well, dude, that, I mean, it's well, yeah, fucked, but yeah, that's what but at the did. same time, like it sucks to be in jail sober or in prison sober. True. Well, and the thing is, people did in drug court take drugs that they don't test for. Yeah. At first, it was kratom, and then they tested for kratom. And that's why LSD kids is the way to go if you don't want to get caught in drug tests. Unless you're getting a hair follicle test, maybe that's a little bit different. Well, no, I they, don't even think I'm that. Well, uh, I, I'll say this: I'm gonna do a whole video on the Nod Squad YouTube channel about drug tests and how to get a I mean I guess I should I'm I'm gonna you're, do it. Fuck it. I'm gonna do how to get away with how to get away with drug test. Boom. Because Who would have known this was on Nod Squad, motherfuckers. First of all, <laughs> you're never gonna fully ha get away with a drug test. There's always gonna be a risk you're gonna get caught. But it's alright, just fucking buy somebody else's piss if it comes to do it, you know? You can buy synthetic piss now, bro. You don't have to even use real piss. Yep, on the black no, at the head shop's right here, bro. Damn, that's so fucking easy. And See, they, kids? And they have temperature strips on them. And then they have a pouch with a oh, strap. Oh, yeah, and then you could actually tie it to a whizinator, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically a fake uh, penis. Kind of like a dodo well, almost. They, they don't, they it's a dodo. They it's have, a dodo. Well, they have those ones, but then they have the ones that's just a tube. It's just a little tube with a valve, and then you flick the valve open and hide it by your dick. That one works even better. And that one has got a temperature thing on it too, so you can make sure it's the right yep. temperature. Most people, some of the people I knew use hand warmers, but that's just a. Well, they come with hand warmers to keep yeah. them warm too. Yeah, but um, yeah, the thing is, is uh, 
someone got caught with a whizinator at drug and alcohol recently. So um, that's not surprising whatsoever, folks. Yeah, they got they got fucking they got <laughs> lazy with it, and they fucking um, got caught. And then I would get when I would get tested, I had a man's head like maybe. I don't know, 17 to 20 inches away from my dick. And I'm like, dude, you can see that it's my dick and there's nothing there. So can you back up? Because I'm not going to be able to piss with a man's head that close to my dick. I'm sorry. And I mean, why, you might as well just suck it while you're there. At least kiss the tip. Like, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe a ball brush, maybe a ball brush. See, I don't <laughs> like, ball, I don't like the ball play because I have one ball left. So I don't like it when girls suck my balls. I'm like, dude, leave my one last. That's the last one. You want? I want to have kids sometime. I'm pretty sure from the amount of fucking meth I smoked, I'm pretty sure I'm sterile though. But that's just personal problems, you know. No way. Come on. You don't think so, dude? You know how many? Okay, and we're really gonna go into there, dude. Like, you know how many loads I've dumped, dude, into bitches. Into bitches. Into bitches. And they weren't on birth control? Yeah, none of them weren't. None of them were? And they never got pregnant? I mean, but they were on drugs, though, weren't they? <sighs> See? So, <laughs> no. Well, no, not, 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 because sober sex is a little bit different. I mean, you can still do that, but you have a conscience. But, I mean, kind of, not really. It's just, actually, it's kind of even more fucked up if you think about it. You're sober, have sex. How's sober sex more fucked up than drug sex? Well, think about it. Like, okay, let's let's okay. Let me break this down. Like, uh, break this down. Paint, paint so the picture. So when you were high, I mean, it's kind of expected. You know what what sex? Mean? Yeah. Sex. No, I wouldn't say that because some people, especially people who do heroin, some people are. Well, they're probably want, too paranoid, you know. But. Or they, or not even paranoid. They just don't really want to because they're already feeling the most pleasure. Like I had way more sex sober than on drugs. Well. Because I didn't care if I got laid. I was horny as fuck when I got sober. I was ho- and then they had those fucking sex pills uh, at the gas stations that had little traces of Viagra in them. I was fucking going, dude. They took those off the fucking market because some dude died because it, it was bad with his heart. You can still find it at a fucking like an RC Cole or some oh, old dude. ass story. I, I have right? a, I, there's a few stories I know that still sell them. I got to stock up on them. <laughs> And it's not even that I have a problem getting boners. I get boner. I get like seventeen boners every time I wake up. But thing is, is like, well, I guess you're right. I mean, the amount of porn is kind of ridiculous. What the porn that's available now? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was just talking about that on Twitter. Okay, these fucking kids don't know how good they fucking have it with this fucking porn hub. You know, when I was growing up, you know how I had porn to fucking. Hub. Pornhub online. Yeah, but that, that's fucking like that's old school. Why? What's new? What's better than Pornhub now? What's the new shit? Are, are we really gonna talk about this? Well, yeah. Well, okay, Thumbzilla.com, fucking Ooh. Xvideos.com. Oh look, I, uh, okay, I know what he's doing tonight. So <coughs> excuse us, uh, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, for the. <laughs> oh, dude, I got a good story about Rai Rai, dude. He... Dude, okay, so. Uh, I better censor his name out. Okay, so I have this friend, right? I'm gonna censor his name out, but you know, R- uh, Rai Rai. Yeah, of course I do. Okay, so. <laughs> oh 
Oh shit, no way right now we're actually gonna go into this. <laughs> Just for the record, I am censoring, I'm making a... a a uh, recorded se- note to censor my friend's name out to not embarrass, just to not embarrass him. I don't know if he wants his story out there. I had this friend, right? He, he, we were both in drug court and, uh, this was right around after Thanksgiving when everyone relapsed, yeah. uh, because of the holidays oh, I you, remember you had, there was a lot of four day weekends oh, with yeah. no testing. So people thought they could get away with flushing their systems, but you know, they, the negated the part where they had to stop using drugs and they just didn't. So, um, Rai Rai, uh, he came over with some, uh, meth and he had shot up some meth in my bathroom. And, uh, I'm like, all right, dude, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to shake him, get him out of my house. Cause I'm sober and I'm just like white knuckling it next to him. Just like, dude, I don't want to be next to this dude high on meth. You know, he already had gotten, he, like, it, it was like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. We just instantly flipped into this weird, methed out dude looking all Charles Manson-like. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, my parents are making dinner and my parents are like, all right, Brian, it's, it's dinner time. And, uh, I'm like, okay. I was like uh, trying to tell my friend that, Hey, um, I'm about to go eat dinner. So, uh, you should bounce. And he's like, oh, I'll just chill in here. And what's he do? He fucking gets on my computer and he puts on Pornhub and he's looking up like all this interracial porn, you know. He's in black chicks, dude. Yeah, that's what he looked up. Damn. That's what he looked up. Hot ass, thick, I mean, black chicks are hot, dude. What can I say? Like, there's hot chicks of every race. I'm not gonna lie. Was it a black guy and a white chick or a black chick with a a black guy? Or no, it's a black chick with a white guy. It's always a black chick with a white guy. And this is why. Because I don't know about you guys out there. But when I'm watching porn, I'm watching the pe- people have sex in the video, but I'm vi- I'm mentally I'm mentally visualizing that I am the one on the screen having sex. So the white guy has to look kind of like the, whoever's the guy. It's got to kind of resemble me, because it's weird and creepy to just be like pretend like you're jacking off watching two other people having sex. So I'm thinking that I'm having like this peyote trip out of body experience where I'm watching myself get laid, you know, out of body type, right? That's how I get off. Instead of being like, oh, those other people are having sex. I'm like, no, that's me having sex, right? That's why I like POV point of view where it looks like it's... Because it's not gay. Yeah. Cause then you're, it's not like you're looking at, then it's less gay. Cause you're, it's like, you're pretending it's like, you're looking at your own dick okay, as opposed to another well, man's dick. Okay. So that's why if you have to, if you go for the interracial tip for as a white guy, you have to have a black girl and white guy, because if it's a white girl and black guy, it's a lot difficult for you to visualize that that's you on the screen. You know, like I'm a skinny white guy and these black porn stars are huge. So it's like, and plus, you know, like different size of everything like dude i can't just visualize that that's me you know i mean i could try i just i've never tried but it would be different so it's kind of more gay if you think about it not really though well it's because it's just a screen though if you think about it i mean it'd be different if you were like a real life person right there the fuck there okay and that's another thing i wanted to get into because (laughs) check this out I mean, there's a weird thing with white people. I didn't experience this problem. But white people in like 
pri- a lot of white people who go to private schools or weird sor- uh, or fraternities or whatever, when they grow up, they kind of some of them grow up jerking off in front of each other, like they all watch porn in the same room and beat off. Or especially if people are on meth. So a jerk circle? Circle jerk, kind of. Yeah. Oh, no. That's yeah. gay. That's gay. That's gay. <laughs> not Right? That, yeah, it's gay. Wait, what? Well, it's not... It's a, It's on, It's on. definitely on the spectrum of okay. gayness. Oh, uh, it's not... Uh, it's definitely gay. They're watching female porn. I've never done this. Uh, my brain, I've never my done brain this. can't And I wouldn't want this, to do dude. this. I can't, my brain can't really wrap yeah, me around either. this. But see, I don't get why people think that... Yeah, but a lot of guys, they're like... It was like the... It was like the old days when it's like you only had one porno and you guys had to... For me, I'm like... That's why you just leave the mag in the fucking bathroom and let the other guy come and you keep watching out the outside door. That's like what I did when I was fucking... Well, this is back when you only had VHS. This is back when there was no internet. Oh, yeah, the mag. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. See, I've watched porno with other guys, but we weren't jerking off. We were just watching... Well, actually, what we were watching was porn bloopers... So we were laughing because there was, I'll never forget it. I was watching this porn bloopers and this guy was fucking this girl doggy style and a fly kept landing on her ass and the guy kept trying to swap the fly off her ass, but the fly would move every time. So he would slap the ass trying to swap the fly and then it would, you know, fly away and then land back on the ass. And it was funny, but it wasn't like we were turned on, like fucking, you know, erect, ready to, you know, like, I don't know, like... But some white people, some white guys, they do that. And it's very, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. You know? Uh, it, I'm just going to say that, really, if I knew of a guy that did something like that, and I knew it, or they made a story of that sort, and then said that they're not gay, guess what I'm going to immediately think? What? They're gay. <laughs> <laughs> or have some type of, like, un suppressed like embarrassment that they're probably maybe by you know like well i'm gonna make a confession i've never done that that's just jerking off in front of someone and they can see it no but when i was in jail i had to sneak i had to sneak one out but i'm doing it when everyone's asleep and not looking or i'm in the shower well yeah everybody's pitched their tent i mean everybody's done that there's oh pitch the tent See what, but, but you almost, but most of the time, if you get caught, though, because there's been times where I, like, let's just say I've gotten caught, and it's then it's just one of the, oh, dude. It's embarrassing. Oh, dude, dude, it is. It's like, it's just one of those. <laughs> but it's You're like. You're making me remember fucking my, the time that happened to me, and I was right next to lockers, and I remember the guy said to me, hey, you can't do that. Fucking hit me right on my dick. No, not only, not he only. hit you on your dick. Wait, okay. Open palm or closed fist? Open palm. <laughs> Which is. <laughs> Gayer? Well, no, because like the the tent was put up. I can see the guy coming. You know what I mean? No, not so, gay on your part. Gay on his part. Gay on his part. But yeah. it's like the fact that he did that was not only traumatized me. Fuck, I bet a man <laughs> touched the head of your dick erect. That's well, yeah, but then I'd be ta- traumatized too. But then. At the same time, well, I never pitched my tent ever again, so I guess that's kind of like the point given okay. he was trying to put. But the fact that you, oh, Palm, you know where you could tell I'm kind of doing my thing. You know what I mean? So, see, when you say pitched your tent, it, I get a different meaning than what you probably are thinking. When I, when you say pitch tent, what I see, because the thing is, in the in the dorm in the pod, 
where I'm locked up, it's not like set like five by ten cells with two with a one bunkie. It's a giant dorm with bunk beds and you Yeah, that's walk. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Just like in San Luis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not max security. So, you know, when you gotta rub one out, I had to fucking steal an extra sock from the laundry room and make a and, make and a fee-fee. stick it under yeah, a little fifi. Yeah, yeah. But I, what I would do is I would put my knees up under my blanket so it's like an actual tent, so you can't see my what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and I oh, would just for for those who are on here and not know exactly what that is. Uh, basically, it's a it's a own a hole like a pocket pussy. Oh, like a, f- a fifi. Yeah, yeah, fifi. So for those of you all don't who don't know exactly what that the it's that a exactly homemade is. pocket pussy. Yeah. So it's um, like a homemade fleshlight. You can you can look There's it up a, on YouTube, people. It's it's pretty. Yeah, I've never did. I've Just never... don't expend like a hundred and fifty bucks for a stupid ass pocket pussy. Why? Oh. Why not? I mean, if I'm gonna get something like that, I'm gonna get a fucking like, what do you call it? Have you gone to the fleshlight website? They got all kinds of different vagina shapes in there. They have alien vaginas in there. No fucking no. That's weird. That's I weird? just need the simple shit, dude. I'm like, okay. Well, okay. I'd say, <laughs> <laughs> the alien pussy is weird. I'll give you that. They have mouths too, and then they have a vampire mouth with like little fangs, and it's like, dude, that doesn't sound. That's like you might as well have one with braces at that point, with real metal braces. It's like that's yeah, why you buy ooh. the electric ones. That gives like the real like life like. Have you seen those dude? sex dolls they're making? Dude, they're so fucking realistic. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, I know this is gonna be kind of fucking weird. I'm, I'm, but I, I, I looked up it. the price, dude. Oh, how much? They're like a thousand dollars, dude. Yeah, but like the good ones, the good ones, yeah, not yeah. the fucking check stupid it out. Ass ones. This is what I love about these sex robots. Twitter, females on Twitter, were pissing up a hissy fit. Like, oh well, and going on Twitter like jealous. They were jealous when they tweeted to these about these sex robots. They're like, oh, they're, what are they going to do? Cooking clean for you? Are they going to cater to your emotions? You know, yeah, in about 20 to fucking 30 years, yes, they are. The technology is going to advance where these sex robots are going to become so real and they're going to be so good at catering to your, your sexual needs. Your, your emotional needs. They're going to have artificial intelligence, so they're going to know how to engage in conversations with you, and they're going to have a have a, a programming chip that picks on things you like and things you don't like, and so they're going to evolve. They already have one in Japan. And they're going to know how to talk to you and treat you just the way you want to be treated, and they're going to just like know they're going to know how to take abuse uh, without getting upset, and because and then we're going to get addicted. No way, we're gonna, dude. This is this is like animation, dude. I I, I look at it's harem shit. Yeah, you dude. can you're gonna be able to buy like six of them, and they're gonna be so fucking realistic that have you ever seen like Ex Machina, the movie, the anime? No, 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 the actual like act, real life action movie. Oh, dude, the one with the freaking woman that they they made this robot artificial intelligence, and it looks so realistic like a woman, and they had her downstairs, and they brought somebody over. And basically, the guy got tripped out thinking and got the caught feelings with the robot, and then the robot killed him and the du- and the creator, and then left. Mm. Out of this building, it's actually it's called Ex Machina. Okay, so dude, I research the uh, how our technology is advancing, and I just I take notes on this anime I've been writing. Yeah. And it, oh, I got to tell you about this anime and fucking. I, I I never thought I would write an anime. I'm writing a screenplay for an anime, and I'm writing a screenplay for my. Let me lab. be one of the voices. Okay, 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, if that's why you want to contribute to it, that's down. I'm writing another screenplay about this story about one of my drug experiences, my last one, and it w and it was so dark and so twisted. It'd make a sick fucking movie. I'll talk to you about it when we're done with this. But um, I might talk about it. I'm gonna be on Dopey by the way tomorrow. Uh, Dave from Dopey called me up and said, "Hey, I want you on Dopey uh, tomorrow at 12:30." So that's why another reason I got the mic set up. And oh. I need you at the end of this to do a beatbox and to say like dopey in between the phrases of the beat. Can you do that? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Because I need to send him some kind of uh, music little oh, thing. Oh yeah, of course. Like a minute long beatbox session saying dopey in the middle, and then I'll splice little samples of uh, Dave and Chris on dopey saying Yo, shit. Yo, that'd be dope. Yeah, that'd be dope. Okay. Yeah, totally dope. Okay, it's done. It's on. I mean, whenever we want to... How long do you want to do this thing? This is uh, an hour and 33 minutes. <laughs> We've been doing this this long? Huh. I usually... I had a lot of fun with this one, dude. Not bad, dude. No, this not is, bad. No, I mean, we usually do it an hour, but I... The thing is with these, I, I record them as long as the person with me has the energy to do it. You know, if if someone wanted to do a three-hour podcast, four-hour podcast, I would do it. You want to go? We can go with school as long as we want. Fuck them. Down. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, so what the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> I forgot. Because we're going off on a million different... So you can tell, audience, that me and Marcus have ADD. Yeah. Because we, we never stick to... We, we're we not never sticking. stick to one fucking thing, dude. No, we don't stick to shit. It just shows you why I did drugs. Well, dude, we have ADD. Like, what the fuck? Like, what do you expect, man? Yeah, for real. I have ADD, ADHD, OCD. I have all the D's and double D's that you can diagnose me. And then on top of me. that, I see shadow people. Well, I, I've, I've seen shadow people, too. I think that's... If you, don't, you, you don't steal them? Not really. Oh, shit. Well, that makes me feel kind of crazy. No, I mean... No, because... The, well, this is the thing, is I, I didn't have... I didn't do uh, speed that much, so uh, until the end, until the end, and then I I started to see shadow people and stuff. So, like, I didn't have too much cocaine psychosis and meth psychosis. I had a, I did have a few, trust me, but compared to some of my friends, like Levi had, he recorded a story on here about his meth psychosis and the hallucinations he had were sounded fucking terrifying. Um, but yeah, so uh, I mean, maybe I would. I don't know. It just depends. I've been getting so much sleep, though. I think the more sleep I get, the less I would. I guess that's why I have so such a hard time sleeping. I'm not like a deep sleeper, bro. I have to either listen to some jazz, or I gotta listen to some classical music, or I gotta listen to. Some, I have I have podcasts. Some, uh, some I have porn. talk show. I have talk show stuff in the background to help me sleep. You know what I used to listen to to help me sleep as a kid is old Bill Cosby stand-up records. Dude, that's. You know. Yes. That's, That's what I, cool. my parents, my parents had all these old classic, like before Cosby show era, Bill yeah. Cosby stand up. Before he ended stuff. up being, getting weird. There is apparently in one of those stand up records is a whole bit he does about Spanish fly and drugging chicks with Spanish fly. Damn. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't know it, what his world or perception is, but, uh, Spanish fly is a hell of a lot different than roofies. You know, so I don't know. Maybe he got, I don't know. See, and that's the thing is, I'm not going to ever say Bill Cosby did or didn't do anything because I don't know. I haven't researched the case enough to know. But when 50 people, when 50 females come forth, I'd imagine some of them are telling the truth. And I'd say some of them maybe are making or I hopping mean, on bitches. the band. They could have gotten paid. 
hopping on the bandwagon. Yeah. I, I mean... I was like, oh, he did this. I mean, any time a woman can do it, I mean, a pretty... Well, let's not generalize, because for no offense to the women who are listening to this, if there are, are, you know. Not saying that. I'm just saying, you guys know how to how to band up, man. Women's women, you know what I mean? Women team up a hell of a lot better than men. Oh, hell yeah. That's for sure. I mean, we have too much of an ego to even really stand each other. Unless they're cool homie status like that, you know what I mean? Well... I th- I don't know why that why there's less camaraderie among men. Men have camaraderie, but we also like. But we're chill. There's we, a difference. Yeah. We're just chill. I mean, there's too much. I think. I think usually a lot of the fights that happen amongst men is over women. Yeah, only time. I haven't seen like one for a guy. I like, mean, unless home. you steal money or something from another. Well, I mean, man. totally dirtbag shit. But yeah, like, but but that's lo- expected in addiction, of course. You know what I mean? Well, not even in addiction, just in just in general, though. Yeah. But I mean, like, but even like, then. But uh, but a majority of the fights are over women, it, cheating or you know relationships switching or, yeah, yeah, that's fucking right. weird. Then I wonder. And so the thing, what what I want to re- if I were going to talk about this Bill Cosby case. <laughs> I'm not, I'm saying this is my theory, is that, my theory is that probably most of them are telling the truth, and then there's a small percentage of them that are saying, or making accusations, or, or stretching the truth for, for gain, financial gain, or whatever gain, book deals, or whatever. Well, you know? when it's publicized as big as it is, I mean, it makes a lot more sense to why they probably do this. Well, this is the, this is the whole thing I have, the, this is the whole beef I have with the Me Too movement. It's like, I, I respect the Me Too movement, and I, and I think women should have, um, should, you know, have rights, and should not be uh, physically assaulted, and, and sexually abused. Like, I think that's Obviously, like any moral and empath- empathetic person would want, you know, safety for women, you know, but at the same time, you can't go and go full ham ham, and then say yep. that women aren't capable of doing some fuck, fuck, fuck shit as well. I know plenty of stories of women making false accusations to and just the accusation alone can ruin a man's livelihood. Oh, there's a whole video about that too. And and I know people that that's happened to. So it's like poor Indians. It, I oh dude. <laughs> no, for real. Don't though. even. I, I I know, dude. I know. I, I know. have too much. I I mean uh, I know, dude. It's sad. Have you seen those videos? Some of those videos by the way? Dude, and that's and that's a whole other fucking can of worms <laughs> that I don't even need to open up right now. <laughs> because the the thing is like is the the political the the way the politic the political movement lately is just so fucked. You know, um, we've never been more divided, I, I don't think, ever in this country than we are currently. And the left and right paradigm is just so fucking extreme and radical that it's like... Well, if you think about it, if you just took out all the big media sources, it wouldn't be as big as a problem as what it is. Well, the media is perpetuating it because the media gets... Um, more clicks it's it's just clickbait and all they want is to oh, yeah. have a sensation and a lot of it is not article. necessarily like true factual information most of it isn't if people were really do their research which is what's crazy about it not that i'm into politics if anything i try to stay the fucking hell away from it but oh i used to be all about it but i wouldn't like yeah talk to i wouldn't like to talk because yeah i mean just doing knew, your own research i, knew I was so radically and being smart different. about it yeah, yeah i mean yeah i mean it, it's just like I'm not saying that that to not educate yourself is not what I say, but 
Like, no. let's take, for example, example Charlottesville. Now, obviously, white racists with tiki torches, yes. Um, but did, and that's bad, and the media covering it is, you know, as they should. But I think the, the news medias, the major ones, I think they skewed it to, to make it look like there are more racist white people out there than there actually are. And they're kind of fear-mongering to mainstream society. Yeah. To perpetuate fear and, you know, clicks and, you know, and views and Well, it's ratings. a lot similar tactic to, like, what, uh, how messaging for, have you, did you read about how Nazis would brainwash their, the, uh, the German citizens when Hitler, at the time, was in his, uh, Well, I, I know that the, in the Russian Gugulog, they used, um, Whoa, that shit that they put in our water supply. Um, what the fuck do they put in our water supply? Don't make me Google it right now. Um, He's going to Google it, you guys. So just know, ladies and gentlemen, for those who are listening, yet again, I repeat myself, um, we're learning just as much as you are. Fluoride. There we are. They used fluoride in the Russian Gugulog to keep the prisoners... Non-violent and non-confrontational, and um, and more, you know, just kind of zombie-ish. So, you know, knowing that, um, and knowing that that's in our water supply, it's like, are they doing that to keep us from becoming like they? They just, it's almost like a drug that makes us put up with their bullshit more. Without... It's funny because I haven't taken showers for like. A good amount of days at a time. I know I could kind of smell it a little bit when I met you today. You did, um, <laughs> that's fucked up. Bro. And I know you're not using that aluminum-based deodorant either, because it's fucking. <laughs> Fuck it with you. <laughs> like, I started I... smelling myself. I'm like, really, dude? Like, I... <laughs> oh, whoa, oh, oh, bring so... it, bring it back, dude. My oh. ex posted this on Facebook. It's a guy squeezing an anime butt. Your ass is the best. That's what he's saying, yeah. Fuck yeah. You know. Uh, as you guys well know, we're you'll be getting to know us <laughs> in a very, very uh, intimate way. Intimate way. <laughs> <laughs> fucking funny, dude. Um, dude. Okay, so wait. I I've been kind of hijacking this podcast, and I I I need to get a story out of you. And it's God, oh, it's almost two hours. I so. know. It's all right. I mean, by the time that anybody listens to this, they're not even going to hear my story. They're going to be like, what the fuck are these guys doing? <laughs> well, see, that's the thing is um, anyone out there in our in our Nod squad or in the Dopey Nation or anyone listening, I need feedback because, first of all, I'm an audio engineering major, so I'm learning how to make this audio sound as clean as possible. At the same time, learning how to like eek, throw, slap on it, you know, a seven band equalizer and a compressor and you know whatever. So crowdfund this guy, go fund him. Oh yeah, well we're gonna do that. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get a Patreon up on the YouTube, do so it. you get a Patreon. I'm do gonna it. get. Uh, I'm gonna, dude. I, I got. I had a lot of work to do. Now that I'm sober again, I can do all that. Uh, dude, I still need to tell my fucking overdose story. Oh fuck. Oh, that's gonna be a good one. Friday, I gotta record that. So, okay, you have a shit ton of stories, but okay, where we you were talking about the Indian in the cab. 
No, 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 no. 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 We're talking about the dumpster story. Dumpster story. Let's hear the dumpster story. So when I got back from Duval County in Jacksonville, where I first became homeless. Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. Damn, you've been all over the goddamn country. Nice, dude. It's pretty fucking gnarly, dude. So, ladies and gentlemen, just to let you know about myself, I am a hitchhiker, transient, and definitely a hippie. Would you hop trains? Yes. Oh, I gotta hear about that eventually, too. But I never really got to because I failed and I almost killed myself. That's a good story, though. I'll talk oh, about that one. fuck yeah. So, um... But you're in Jacksonville, Florida. So I was in Jacksonville, Florida, and I finally got hitchhiked up because I finally decided to get out the fuck out of that shithole because it's the murder capital of America, and I was really fucking paranoid. Wait, wait, people. Jacksonville is still currently the murder capital cap, capital okay, of America. Okay, then it was. I'm not sure if it's still What is. What year? Okay, what year? It was, well, this is, well, you also got to think, during this time of my addiction, I did not keep the date, nor the time, nor the year. And us so it could have been. And this is also me on Our that. timeline is a little blurry. Our timeline's a fox, dude, so I can't yeah. really tell you the year. Okay. So, but... Let's just say that it was at this time. So I was very lucky to get out of there. But when I really realized how bad it was, I decided to go ahead and just hit the road. And uh, I actually walked most of the way my first time. And I went for about like 200 miles before I got back to Savannah. Because I wanted to go back in with Florida. all the... Florida. Yeah, from Florida. From Jacksonville to Savannah, just in, still in Florida. Yeah. Okay. So I went Ooh. to Savannah. And it was a good, mu- good walk. It took me like about a week. For me to get up there, God but damn. Uh, I was able to get enough food and people, and th- and you also got to think there wasn't any drugs, so I really had to fucking nut up and really just get to the fucking walking, but because I wasn't gonna die in Jacksonville. But yeah. By the time that I had got there, I finally was able to go. I finally was in downtown, and when I got to downtown, I was sleeping in fucking a sleeping bag. And the thing is, a lot it's not easy. Like over here, it's easy to be homeless. Like just fact, people. Just to let you guys know, most very, of California, most of California is, is very easy. easy to be a bum. So Especially if you're on the coast, we're next. Oh to the yeah, beach. and then the amount of programs and things like it's not easy to live homeless anywhere else. Period. I just think a lot know. of homeless people go from whatever state they're in to California, California. because they point. know the benefits are so good. Well, not even just that, but just the hype of California. I mean, the weather's better. There's oh, more yeah. places to sleep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh for sure. For I, sure. Yeah. yeah. I got you. So when I finally got up to Georgia and I was sleeping in those sleeping bags, I remember the first time I slept there and it rained. I fucking woke up with the sleeping bag having slugs inside of my fucking bag from just the rain and the sweat and whatever the fucking slugs were attracted to. I remember waking up and feeling something really... At first I thought I was having a very sexual dream. <laughs> was it a wet dream? I was having a okay. We'll, we'll go into that. We'll I've only had like I was two almost or three there until I realized that there was multiple things on me. So then it turned into a nightmare. Oh I was no! Like, yeah, it was really bad. I don't remember what exactly what I was dreaming about, but I remember just waking up scared and I opened the bag because I felt something on my body and there was it was a leech. all up. Dude. Oh, it was a slug. Well, no, slugs. So ugh, still bad though. Still really bad, dude. Still gross. And then, as fuck. And then <laughs> slugs and then, are crawling and then on your body. Twenty of them on me. About, at least, or even more, dude. So, wait, wait, wait. Let's recap. You're having a sexual experience. You're almost to the point of completion in this dream, and then you feel something weird, and you wake up, and there's... Well, no, it was because of them, because they're slimy, you know what I mean? They're all over my nipples. (laughs) Oh, dude. It's pretty bad, huh? That's so bad. I know. So, when I woke up from that... I know, dude. I know. That made me want to fart a little bit. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's... I think I made a girl queef in that. 
So, in that dream, that I, what dream I had. So. Oh, so it's really the slugs that are queefing on your nipples and Yeah, shit. my nipples and my fucking, mm. and whatever they were. Well, anyways, keep my, fast forward. All so, right. the rain was starting to get to the point where I needed to find some type of shelter. But I, my dumbass little kid self only fucking didn't know how to fucking take care of myself. I just was, all how I cared about you? was getting the LSD, the weed. And how that. old were you? It's probably fucking, by the time I was out, like, I just had turned 18, but I was already a, about a good amount of time. So this is about homeless. 2013? Yeah, about that time. Okay. Because so, you're 23 now. Yeah, I'm 23 now. Okay. So uh, definitely around that time, I didn't know how... I wasn't really... Well, I did learn to be street smart at Jacksonville in a very traumatic few months. So by the time so by the time that I had gotten to Savannah, Georgia, I, had, I was still kind of learning the ropes. I was, But this is... I didn't really have any homeless bum like sleeping in tent city experiences until I got to Savannah, Georgia, because there's around that area, there's a little bit wooded areas, and I met a guy named Shaggy. Oh, fucking, sh- hey, dude, you know what? Shout out to Shaggy if he's listening to something like this, because you're definitely a dope fiend, but if you at some point ever listen to something like this, because he's pretty interwell connected like that with a bunch of bums around him, he listens to a lot of different stuff, really musical guy, but he had a cat named Chupa. Chupa. Yeah, Chupa. This cat was a cat that was always on his back all the time. Street cat, Circus street cat. Circus? How is it? What's a circus street cat? Well, Does just like, I, I think of it as a circus because it's like, the cat was weird. Like, in the sense of like, how do you walk a cat on just a little leash? Oh, and then you always have him on your back and you're shirtless. That is a little weird. Yeah, I know. I mean, you gotta think he's dirt tan. He has a cat named Chupa on his back all the time. He was a character, bro. Like, he looked like a fucking grungy-looking f- motherfucker. And they gutter, called him it's Shaggy. He's a gutter punk. Yeah, gutter punk. Straight yeah. up, dude. You know what I mean? It's like... Well, Train hopping, it? gutter punk. Oh, yeah. Straight up. Straight up, dude. But Crusty. The guy, the guy Crusty had, punk. The guy had a lot of love for me, you know what I mean? So, before I had met them, though, what happened to me was I was going into a, a dumpster that was right next to the college dorm admissions office where I was, because I was sleeping right in my sleeping bag and around the bushes around that area because it's very hard to be able to be homeless in that area without fucking getting caught sleeping somewhere. So I had to figure out something. So I decided to go into the dumpster where there was only coffee cups and fucking newspapers inside the dumpster. I'm like, oh, okay, this is fucking cool. I can fucking just sleep in here from the rain for now, you know, because it was raining at the time. You so, oh, so, wow. so, so what happened was, and we're just going to go into it. I got, I remember... I finally, and this was, and from the way I was making my money to fuel my getting my drugs and shit and not really supporting food, I was about like 120 pounds maybe. I was like really lanky and shit. And I was fucking, always had my fucking little duffel bag. I was more like a fanny pack full of fucking my ounces or my fucking little rolled up sheet of fucking acid, you know? Because I always had to have that shit on me. That was like my go-to, you know? This is before I really got into gotcha. drugs. Gotcha. But what happened was, was that when I was there, I fucking was in the dumpster and one day I was sleeping and I got back from Petty Cabin which is bike taxiing around that area because I was always making my money and my tips was good money and I spent it all to my addiction. So I fucking hear one day this. So just imagine. I know what that sound is. The dumpster dumping me. In That's the dumpster. the dumpster truck dumping you into the back of the truck. Yeah. So the garbage truck. So yeah. So it was pretty fucking gnarly because. So wait, how long did it take before you to re- wake up and realize what the fuck? When I hit the back of my head while I was going down into the fucking dump truck because I was that <laughs> fucking exhausted. <laughs> I'm laughing at this now, dude. but like, like <laughs> yeah, of course. That's not, at the time, it's not fun. It's not fun at all, dude. Bro, I'm, they dump the thing upside down and they just. Dump you into it, a into giant... It, into it. So I hit my so head... So wait, don't they compact it though and yeah, push so, you? Yeah, so, so even juicier part of the story. So oh as I go into there, they fucking... I didn't... I'm still kind of 
coming too, you know what I mean? That's a falling I mean, it did freak me out and it woke me up, but I was still kind of like exhausted, tired. I just thought, done pedicabin, right? So I fucking, I'm in there and they close the thing on me. And my fucking crazy ass is not even worried about that I'm in a dump truck. I'm worried about first, I see it closing on me and I hear it and I just, and you can hear the noises of them about to compact the trash. While I fucking got in there, I'm like, oh shit. Where the fuck is my where the fuck is my fanny pack? Where's where's my weed? I wasn't even worried that the thing was closing, almost done closing on me. So I found it and I was able to pull myself out. But by the time that I did, it was like almost partly closed, and I fucking got my leg caught on the on the on the on the ladder where they climb up into the fucking. Uh, oh, there's a ladder. There's a ladder Thank on God. the side of it. So, but my leg got caught in it. So I fucking had broke. I had fucking twisted my ankle inside of it as I was crawling out of the dump truck as it was closing. Oh. So I fell there. The guy started freaking out because when he realized I was in there, he started tripping the fuck. I was like, "Why the fuck are you in there?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm so sorry, man. I didn't know." He's like, "Look, dude, like I'm, I'm a homeless. So I'm like, I do." And he's like, "Okay, you know what? Listen to this. We take out the trash on Tuesdays and Thursdays." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. I'll come on Wednesday." Yeah. So I went back the next day to sleep, and I was like, okay, you know what? Um, after I woke up, and I'm riding with my ankle like that. I didn't even, I, didn't, I lost my, my identification and everything. The only thing that I had was my ID for me pedicabbing, and that's all. Fucking not being able to take a shower, nah, I was sticky as fuck, you know what I mean? I straight up looked like a straight homeless fucking bum, you know what I mean? And lanky as shit, 20 pounds, fucking, fucking a chip tooth that I re-chip because I fucking was riding my bike down to Tent City. This is after the fact. And I chipped my fucking tooth against the asphalt of the same place I basically did when I was younger. I fucking was on a bike when I chipped my last tooth. And that's why I have the chip tooth that I have now. Fuck that. So I fucking hit it on the asphalt, bleeding everywhere fucking. I'm still homeless. I'm living in a Tent City, dude. It was pretty nuts. So when I went back into the... Back to the where I was at, kind of went off a tangent there, but I went... Back into that dumpster thinking that I was going to be all right. I said, I'll just wake up before the time it comes. And yet again, I hear this. So wait, you got dumped in twice? Twice. Did your leg get caught again that time? or No, but it was very much hard to get out and I almost got caught in it. And I lost my fucking bag of drugs and I was pissed. The was second, like, So the first time you didn't lose your bag of drugs. Yeah. But the second, but you, you sacrificed twisting your leg. Yeah. Second time, you barely escaped and you lost your bag of drugs. Yeah. Did the guy open it back up and let you get it? Well, no, of course not. I mean, the guy was just on his way. I was just too. I was. I was. I didn't even tell him anything about. It. I was just. You know what? Fuck it. I'm too. I'm fucking too tired for this shit. And I remember. I was because at the time I was kind of. For those who don't know, I'm a beatboxer. I'm musically talented, right? So I was beatboxing to make money, and I actually had a harmonica. I'm actually a beatbox harmonica player. So I was making money downtown. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um. Basically, oh, it's Uncle Albert, I'm back, by the way, <laughs> in post-production. Uh, the last 30 minutes of that podcast, I tell my most debaucherous story ever. My, well, I'd say top 10 most, one of my top 10 most debaucherous stories ever. And you know what? You guys don't get that one yet. You know why? It's just too fucking bad. And... You guys gotta help me get my numbers up first. You guys help me get my numbers up, I'll release my most debaucherous story. I'll have to think about the terms, conditions of this verbal agreement we have, but it. Holy fuck, it's 3:51 a.m., dude. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I need to vape. All right, you guys, peace out. I, uh, I'm fucking tired, 
and I can't even like think thoughts anymore. Like my mind is mush. So I love you guys. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>